straight riffing is filmed in front of a live internet audience. I am riffing. Mitch is riffing. What more can I say? Straight, straight riffing. Do you know how fucking desperate I am for some comfort in my life? I need that picture. This show is intended for mature audiences only. I've seen a lot of this. I don't know how much we're discussing this experience again. Are you really not having a good time? I'm having a fantastic time. I just can't believe how disgusting you are. I kept yelling, I'm, I'm not going to whip the dick out. We talked about that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Featuring your host, Mitch Marzoni. I don't walk around going like, hey, I'm really weird. Look at me, I'm weird. As far as I'm concerned, I'm perfectly normal. It's uh, it's a litmus test for people. Teddy Tuxin. I'm a hate mercenary. Yeah. All right. All right. Hate mercenary. Hate, hate, hate or fry. Hate or fry. I should put a bit of sky. There are two victimless crimes, all right? One, jerking off when your window's open. Two, <laughs> necrophilia. I'm confessing to a large-scale crime. Okay. All right. right Legs akimbo engaged in sexual discourse. Come on, man. What kind of guest are you? It's archive for posterity. Great internet. So, uh, it'll, uh, it'll come back to haunt you every day. It's time to riff. That is right, bitches and motherfuckers. It is uh, June 25th, 2012. Episode, I don't know. 66. 66. 66. And it is time to riff the fuck on. I am your host, Reverend Mitch. And with me, as always, is the difficult brown, the hater for hire, Mr. Teddy TMI Tutson. How the fuck are you, sir? Oh, Mitch, I'm feeling dandy right now. Feeling uh, dandy. Feeling dandy, feeling right. stupendous, superbalistic. Mm. I'm uh, walking on a cloud, my man. Gainful employment. Good. Got my feet back on the ground. Holler at your boy, Riffin. Good. Glad to hear it. Okay. That's... <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear that. You know what? One day I'm gonna hire a translator, and we're gonna. No, get, no, I got. This you time don't. I got it. You I'm don't a, get nothing. I got this. You got nothing. Sometimes when you go off on the other things, you start throwing in. I think actually, it's if one were to go back, and, and, and I don't know if you do this intentionally, but it seems like there's a the theme of like what's in your head as it relates to the show is what you throw out in just a series of adjectives <laughs> that seem. Uh, discordant at times. It seems, yes. But, but, uh. In the end. But in the end, I think you could come back and go, oh, that's the week that Teddy got a job. Or that's the week that Teddy got a new laptop. But that's the week that Wayne Kramer was on. Or that's the week that, you know what I mean? <laughs> the intro was a very cryptic yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. it, it, that's weird. how I live my life, you understand? Now I feel rude. We, it, we never do this much, uh, pre-guest discussion. I so now I gotta, I gotta cut you, you off. gotta do it. And introduce our special guest this evening. Mr. Eric MacArthur. How the fuck are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm just focusing on making sure that I'm staring right at the thing and talking right in the <laughs> You don't you can you can relax. It's like okay. I can sit back I wouldn't and worry. Talk. Yeah, yeah, you'd be The all right. cat will pop up and let you know if you've uh, done if you've I'm done doing it. good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Happy to be here. It's uh I a uh probably not how you originally would uh spend a, a Monday um evening this is what, well, late yeah, afternoon Monday evening yeah no seven o'clock at night that's true the it's is fucking late. me up with the sun right i was you just happy that? i didn't come in the place and you guys didn't rob me when i walked in <laughs> <laughs> surprise I, I got, no I got podcast all robbing right, yeah. if you yeah, you're standing outside you see mitch and i walk up and you're like this is the podcast okay all right yeah. the black guy put mm. on a polo to throw me off the mm. scent <laughs> Very well done Clever. No. no, Teddy, don't wear the hoodie. He'll, he'll know what's it was, up. It was more like more the neighbors. Mm, that's true. The neighbors are... Uh, the, the neighborhood really is... Uh, it can be scary. The, the first night that I stayed in this complex, uh, many years ago, I lived here before with a, a roommate. 
And the first night in this complex, uh, he and I decided to take a fun little walk to Hollywood Boulevard. And um, on the way just to the corner from outside where we grabbed you to the corner, um, there was a guy just walking with us offering me a, the new cigar. And um, yeah, this is where Teddy will call me uh, yeah. a number of white names. No, but, uh, no, 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 not yet. I was, uh, so I, I, I said, well, what's the new cigar? And, and my roommate at the time just grabbed me. He's like, don't talk to him. I was like, oh, just, what the fuck is the new cigar, man? And he's got a, like a cigar, uh, like a single cigar holder and he's just shaking. It's just crack rocks. I think I'm like, I'm like, there's, a, there's nothing cigar like about that, sir. Wait, was he just storing crack in a cigar? Yeah. Well, not in a cigar, like in a clear plastic case that you would put one cigar in, oh, like yeah. a real one oh, cheap yeah. cigar. Oh. Like the ones you buy at the like corner store. He probably bought a cigar, smoked it, and it was like, "This is the perfect place to store the rest of my crack." Yeah, right. So he yeah. was selling you crack. He was selling crack rocks in a container. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Calling it the new cigar. Right. How many did you buy? Which, uh, just three. Just I just to get started. You know, yeah. I always right. start with three. One for you. One for the homie. One just in case. Right. <laughs> that's, you that's gotta have that, you gotta have that backup. <laughs> <laughs> Backup crack rock. Where is the first crack rock? I don't know, but look under the couch. You know that's where you put the backup at. Yeah, you gotta keep. Uh, well, look, if you like something, right? Uh, whatever. You know, you I mean you, you and your other person. You, you had your your one. You can throw the other one away. It's just one. It's not a big deal. But if you if you dig it, then it's like, oh, good. And we have this last piece we can split up. I feel like if you're buying crack for the first time and you don't. And you just buy a lot. Of oh, crack. this is this is. I'm I'm applying this more to like everything. food and everything oh. else. Every, I was everything spoke, except I was crack. Spoke, I thought we were okay. still very crack oriented. That's fine. That's that's my fault. That's fine. It's cool. But I feel like if you like if you buy three crack rocks, you know, mm-hmm. you're like you're, you're putting yourself in a very precarious situation because I, like, I don't I don't even know how that translates. It, it's like three a sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Wait, like one. Let me let me get one crack. <laughs> one crack, please. Have you uh, have you you seen Am a lot I of crack, crack smoke? No, no. <laughs> Did you, you uh, merely wondered if you'd if you'd been in situations where somebody had offered you crack? Oh yeah, no, I've I've been offered crack quite a few times, but I've on the set. You can yeah, see on the, it. on the set actually. Um, when you're done saluting your shorts, yeah, take a puff exactly. off this. I've been no, I've been offered crack a few times and uh, yeah, never tried it. It's uh, I but it uh, I have friends that have been. I mean, they're yeah. Have you seen people yeah, on seen, crack? Oh yeah, no. I've what known, is what is I've it to watch someone high on crack, crack for like you know daily for years at a time types of things i mean people are like there's crunch there's functioning crack addicts out there they're like can you be a functioning crack addict? yeah they are there, there actually has to are, be right but they're but they're weird as all hell i mean like they generally have been you know i've been around them they just kind of hang out in their apartments peek out the you know the shades yeah, and do yeah. whatever else and to be fair richard Pryor was a and then they get a bunch product. of they always end up with a bunch of hookers but they you can't get hard or something when you're smoking crack so it's like i don't know anyway That's- yeah that's that's a damn shame, I guess. There's always, yeah, I don't know. It's your dick trying to tell you something. <laughs> it's, uh, you yeah. don't need all these hookers, <laughs> and you don't need the crack that brought them here. It's, if, it's there's, I, if there's, there's always the stories that I hear, they smoke crack for days at a time. They get hookers, but they end up not being able to do. They just talk and cry, yeah, probably just hanging out with hookers. That, look, as, as a hang out with hookers. as an important life lesson to pass down to the kids, let me just tell you: uh, listen to your dick. Sometimes yeah. um, your dick knows what's best. Sometimes. Uh, certainly, if you're trying to get into trouble and your dick is like, "No, we shouldn't do this." Listen to your dick. Here's, here's my... Don't 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 do more coke and slap it around and go. Don't worry, I'll get hard soon. No, just call it a night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I, as a man who's witnessed a lot of crack addiction, I, I, this doesn't work the other way. <laughs> when your dick goes, "Hey, we should really go out and get some pussy," and it's like it's 3 a.m. and you got to go through the cell phone and be like, "Yeah, yeah, it'd be a really good idea." That's that's when you don't listen to your dick. But in the other way, when your dick is when like, you're high on crack. 
uh, well, I don't even so much high on crack. I was in a I was in a situation uh, merely a few days ago, oh. wherein um, trouble. I just thought crack. I'm really not feeling this. No, no, just a sexual situation. And I <laughs> thought I'm really not feeling this. And the dick was like, yeah, me either. And I was like, yeah, let's 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 pack it up and leave these kids alone. So what, what if what if it had disagreed with you? What, uh, what if they were competing? It's never heads? happened. It's never happened. It's never happened where the dick was like, yeah! And I was like, no. The dick knows what's up. Like, it's it's been good about that. Um, you know. Well, you know. It's good to know that just, you know yourself. Just how it goes. Yeah. Uh, here's my, here's my or question. Or rather, wait, no, I'm sorry. That was backwards. I've never been like, yeah! And the dick was like, no. That's okay. what I meant to Fair. say. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so if the dick is going no, I'm like, I mean, it always wants. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. I don't about. know what you're talking about. So, it, 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 your dick is always going like, hey. Yeah. Here's what we need to do tonight. And you're like, I, I, I got stuff to take care of. Dick is like, no, 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 no. I got a plan, right? So if you're if you're if you're seeing that plan through, and your dick goes, uh, uh-uh, then something's wrong. You got to pay attention to that. That's, is nobody coming with me on this? Yeah, you lost me on that. We were like, I can't, I can't be, I can't, I don't, I can't, I cannot relate to that. Back to crack, apparently. Yeah, no, no, you're a fucking expert on that. As a man who's witnessed a lot of crack, as well, what is your number one like tip to spot a crackhead? <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, like if you were like, well, thing? like if you were like, you like, you, yeah. you know, like, what would you be like? That man is a crack. He is a People function. come here for would advice. This when is they're walking way. out with your television set, that's a good sign. <laughs> it's good, yeah. Okay, you uh, know. all right, you go for the, uh, um, go for the obvious one. Fair play. No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what else would be a, a sign of a, uh, tell me, please. I'd, oh, I, I am, I am, I am a, not the crack aficionado in the No, room. but I, what would you be your, uh, I, I don't know. sign of a crack? Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot Twitchiness? of, yeah, a lot of jittering. Yeah. Uh, maybe? um, discussions of crack. But I, <laughs> but I would rather hang around crackheads than meth heads. That's, oh, that's, that's sorry. You know, um, I would yeah, much rather hang around a party of crackheads than a party of base heads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Meth is. Crackheads will sell their own stuff. Meth heads will sell your stuff. Right. Like right. while you're sitting on it, yeah. They you want this? Couch? They will sell you. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah, yeah. you've even known it, someone will walk in. Hey, who wants a comedian? Anybody want a comedian? Right, right. Someone will just come in. Got with an like, mind now. Come right. on in. And they'll be like, "What's going on?" And they'll be like, "I sold you for a bag of meth." Yeah, you understand? Right. That's that's what's going on. You don't get that explanation out of them. That takes too much time. You got to get it from the guy who bought you. Oh well, yeah. You that's know true. What I'm the meth, the meth head would not. They'd be busy smoking meth. You're right. Although uh, I do think that if we could start a program. Whereby, uh, to, to, to sort of fix meth heads, you know what I mean? As a sort of rehab. If you could just get them and you just chain them to the wall, they'll clean your whole house, but you just need to keep them from being able to grab anything and get away with it. That sounds strangely like, uh, 28 days later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very similar. Very similar. <laughs> same idea. Same idea. Okay. All right. Only they can still think they're just doing it like at a rapid pace. They're not just foaming in the mouth and making noises. They're going to be talking about like, this is bullshit and whatever else. Sounds like a brave new reality show. But like if 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 like they had to clean the whole place and you were like somewhere in all of this mess is more meth. So but you have to clean to find it. They'd be like, Oh, dude, I'm I'm there. Oh, this you'd have the- to feed them as like Skittles and in <laughs> a big gulp now and then you'd be fine. Yeah. 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 Skittles and a big gulp, man. Just, meth, yeah. meth addicts are very <laughs> a simple budget. <laughs> I'm then forty five dollars for Skittles to the side, yeah. and about thirteen for big gulps. Okay, free refills. Don't worry about it. That's yeah. good. See, get some yeah. off of meth because they might be like after a while, like this is bullshit. Like whoever gets done first gets a free blowtorch. <laughs> You sound like someone who is working on like a meth Olympics. Like, really? you're like you're like creating your own. I don't know. I, we, I don't know. I have a bunny of mine, and we always joke about uh about methods. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're they're. Uh, it's not really my scene. <laughs> <laughs> we always used to call them tweakers back in the day. Is that yeah, is that not a phrase is anymore? Base heads was in now. Ba- well, yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, tweakers probably tweakers base heads, I and mean, then yeah, we used to call them base heads too when I was in I don't know school a long time ago. But yeah, they're uh, it's a rough crowd. That was one of the uh, that was one of the many uh, uh, groups that that apparently Ferris Bueller was appealing to. The tweakers. The tweakers. No, no, baseheads. If you remember the little speech, oh. everybody like jocks, dweebs, nerds, baseheads, zippos. Yeah, so maybe whatever. I don't know what baseheads. What I'm wondering what that was representing in the late '80s. What was baseheads at that point? I don't know. Riffopolis. I, don't know. I might be. I'm gonna. I, I might be wrong on who she. Uh, I don't even know what to look up. Ferris Bueller. Baseheads. Everyone likes him. Maybe what? Baseheads. They all like him. Ferris they all, they think baseheads. he's a righteous dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very popular. There we go. Okay, I found it. I found it. So we'll get the exact audio Suburban for Suburban Chicago, I could swear. What is baseheads? Very popular. The sportos, motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wastoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think, think he's, he's a righteous, righteous dude. dude. Was that baseheads? Something like no, dickheads. No, no. It, was, it was not baseheads. You're right. Yeah. It is. It is I good was, to know that uh, meth heads. addicts did not make the cut in affairs. Wastoids, however, I'm pretty <laughs> sure wastoids. Chicago didn't have <laughs> base heads at the high school that Ferris went to. It was still underground at yeah. the time. It yeah, was a exactly. subterranean epidemic. You understand? Wastoids, though. I I remember. I can remember, like in elementary school, there was a guy that everybody just called Stoner. That was just his name, and he was just right. uh, you know he was. I think he came from like high school or something. And he just hung out after the school on our playground. I'm not real sure what his story was. Do you have anybody like that? Well, so, so you, just, you a, grew up. just a guy, like a local character, and it was like that guy. We call him Stoner. So you, you grew up in Hawaii, right? Duncan. I grew up in Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii, yeah. Uh, not Chicago. No, so Chicago. you were nowhere near the base heads in Chicago. But what, like, so what is? I don't know. I mean, it's I don't way too mellow for. Yeah. for you, you can oh, there, yeah? there. Well, I mean, what is like what meth, life growing meth up in Hawaii actually became quite a problem in Hawaii right after the time that I graduated high school. It was like really? in the nineties and stuff. They call it ice out there. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. I heard so that. A lot of ice before. heads, and they started bringing. Um, well, I guess they were, you know, making it themselves over there, and then they start bringing a lot of meth into the islands. And a lot of that happened right after. Um, you know, when I grew up, there was a ton of pot, and it was outdoor grown and whatever. And the and the feds um uh, financed a uh, a program called Green Harvest, and they came in and took out a ton of the weed. And it, they and so when the weed started to run out in Hawaii, more people needed to get high, and that was when meth kind of started to come in that's a big jump and yeah I yeah mean, going from chilling out to freaking out it's pretty out, crazy yeah. to think it but it was now? it was no i mean they've gotten it under control a lot in the past like probably six or seven years and uh you know the weed thing's not as hard to get but like probably mid nine late to midnight or mid 90s to late 90s around then it was there was a big climb in meth use over there it got to be quite a it was a pretty bad problem it's kind of weird to think of hawaii as a meth haven because it's it seems yeah. so contradictory to what meth is right and kind of what everyone envisions but hawaii but i mean what i mean is that you you i feel like whenever you know hawaii is mentioned everyone you know pictures this sort of scenic ideal paradise kind Not of thing whatever you're sitting on the beach right yeah but i mean right. is that was that your experience i gotta up pick up hawaii all this sand <laughs> one grain at a time <laughs> it was what my experience like <laughs> i mean like so i mean you were you, i left paradise so and much. came back to <laughs> meth um, crack house yeah. not what, yeah. what happened yeah. on the surfboards eyes are yeah is that way did you so, so you you were like born and raised there right. or like yeah. you yeah i was born and raised there i was born on a and raised on the big island and i was raised in a, a kind of like a country town on the big island a pretty small town up there 
so how did that how did how did that go from there to getting into say the Nickelodeon stuff and, and everything oh else it like was that? um it was kind of a random thing my uh my folks sent me to boarding school up in Ojai when I was like fourteen and because uh, it was just, got in a little bit of trouble did you yeah no it was they wanted to give me more exposure and all the rest of it and I I got a summer camp up there and then um a casting director came up and uh started auditioning me for a John Hughes movie that I was right it was Dutch, Dutch right yeah yeah, yeah. It's my bio probably as you guys read right and um. And then right after that, like probably within like a month, I had like two more auditions and ended up uh, getting cast on that show. And you were like, I've been to camp. I know what this is all about. Yeah, and I had. I've been to summer camp quite a bit, like summer camp. And um, but yeah, it was random. I thought it was kind of a thing where they were gonna, you know, need you during the summertime because it was summer camp. But I needed. I had to get out of school in like a week or two, and then I was on a show for. I guess about a year and a half or two years before I left. I, I ended up leaving it. It was kind of a, a weird time in high school for me to be on this show. And I was with a manager at the time. I was trying to get me movies. And we ended up, I don't My folks weren't living in LA. It was kind of weird. So you just basically relocated to LA by yourself to, to do. To a degree, yeah. Do. I mean, my, my, uh, my mom's originally from LA. And I had an aunt and uncle at the time that lived in Sherman Oaks. And I lived with them. And um, yeah, and, and just uh, they had a, somebody pick me up every day and take me to work. And, I I read something about uh the salute your shorts uh the the audition process where like after the pilot was picked up they made everyone re audition again. Yeah, they had when they when I got cast on the show they'd already shot a pilot and the only people that they kept from the original pilot were uh, Danny Cooksey the redhead. <laughs> right, everybody's the redhead and uh and Michael Bauer donkey lips. All right, and everybody right. else was recast. So that was so they'd already excuse me they'd already done that prior to me coming that was when I auditioned that's when they opened it up and when they decided to pick it up they opened it up and auditioned like hundreds and hundreds of kids it was just kind of like and you were picked before that or after that I was picked from the hundreds and hundreds of oh, kids wow. kind of thing nice. so yeah it was cool it was uh yeah it was uh I don't know can't really uh, the show itself was kind of a crazy time though it was yeah because you guys you guys film like, I feel like the difference with uh. With they had shorts. seasons back then, right? <laughs> they had seasons back then. <laughs> well, you guys... well, I have this thing uh, that I had to explain to Teddy that that probably until I was, I'm going to say 17, maybe later, probably later, maybe in my 20s even, that I didn't even know that shows had seasons. They just they just came on and I just watched them. Yeah. Um. And wasn't until like I started magic time. I started and you just live there. People just live there. <laughs> no, I mean I knew that they didn't. It was like the Truman I didn't Show. Mean that they filmed all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I was an idiot. I was just ignorant. Hey, ma, ma, the magic people on the TV again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn it, no. <laughs> all right, fine, but maybe. No, it wasn't it, until like knocking on the screen. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, can you hear Where me? Where are they? Where's Tony Danza? <laughs> this who's the bot? I can't. Find what him. happened yeah. to the people that were on thirty minutes yeah, ago? Exactly. I didn't know until like DVDs were. Where's Mister Belvedere actually <laughs> sleep? <laughs> we could go all day with this. This has become Fuck a great new subplot for the whole Thanks. rest of the episode. Fuck all y'all. Huh. Until like DVDs and like you could buy seasons of TV. Gilligan, build a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just assumed that they were like filmed every week until they stopped. You know, like they filmed oh, once a week right, and that was like right. they went to the studio and filmed the show. Like the I didn't put a lot of thought into this. So it's not like this was like a, here's how TV works, Unlike guys. Eric and I, we've put a lot of thought into what you did. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh, you put more thought into it than I ever did. But You're it was welcome. like. You're welcome. So when I started buying like DVDs and like TV seasons and stuff, that's why I was like, okay, so that's how they would do. Okay, so they're doing seasons. And just any show prior to like. 
the 2003, 2004, any show prior to that, I just, in my head, doesn't have seasons. Not that it doesn't. I just wouldn't even think it about blows it. Your so when, look at a DVD, so when Teddy it? the other night, he goes, yeah, what's the Looney Shorts was on for what? Like two seasons? I was like, oh, I never thought of that. They yeah. would have had like yeah, seasons. They would have been like two seasons, right? Two seasons. Two, seasons? Uh, two and a half or three seasons. I left and then they did like a half a season after that. Yeah. It's, it's so like the, the they f- lost their soul. <laughs> yeah. They lost. Yeah. I took the soul of myself when I took off. I, uh, did you, but you just said, I'm fucking done. Fuck y'all or what? Yeah. Pretty much. It was kind of, it was strange. It was, um, you know, I was going to a prep school up in Ojai, and my folks were really, you know, pretty serious about my education. I'd gone to a private school in Hawaii, and they were just kind of like, it was very strict, and like they were, you know, I don't know, my my family came out. It was kind of a strange living situation. I really wanted to go back to Hawaii and like and finish off high school with my friends, and I was just kind of small town. It wasn't like we were ever signing up to get me into, you know, the the biz at like 14 or 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, I imagine so. it kind of takes off. You think you're auditioning was, for one movie and next thing yeah, you know, you're you know, and, and then I, I got the manager and they tested me for some big films that I ended up getting. And it was, it was you know, but it was close to that. And that made a little bit more sense. Do you they, think if you'd have stuck around for another half season, you would have been the redhead in Terminator 2? No, he did that actually prior to to the first season. He was doing that simultaneously. Oh, really? Wow. That would explain why he looked yeah. the same but age. But I almost did get Pet Cemetery two instead of Eddie Furlong for your for your. All right. Your oh, little, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. For my little <laughs> your, your <laughs> yeah. weird little theory that you had yeah, 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 hooked yeah, up yeah. in your head. Yeah, exactly. They almost took me out of camp and, and put me in Pet Cemetery. Um, that would have been awesome, huh? But no, it was just random stuff like that. It was kind of a so after that I went back to Hawaii. But it was it was weird, man. It was the nineties. I mean, talk about blow. There was like everybody was doing a bunch of coke on the set. And there was like, yeah, I'm still like. The, uh, absolutely your shorts i mean like it's yeah it was it, raging the 90s they kept the crews coked up and and uh it was like it was wild because this is like this did is the, the crews like, offer it to the to the to they the never cast. offered it to us but i'm no it wasn't like that just, it was just there it was just yeah, like if just, you wanted it was, it, you it was like a it. young like guys you know people in their 20s and 30s and it was like kind of like all right who did you hook up with on the show let's get names <laughs> back then yeah, who, you, who did you kiss on the <laughs> cheek? Of course, of course. <laughs> who did, I hold who did you just die face first? How old were you? Like fifteen, you said. 15? I was. I started when I was fourteen, and then did it till I was like almost sixteen, I think. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you could have, you could have, you could have gotten yeah, some business. No, you know, done. I was all about the wardrobe girls. Like I was like fifteen, yeah. and they were all giving me a lot of attention. They were like twenty two, twenty three. So you were like, yeah, I'm big and time I was now. Just all about them, even to this day. Did you, did you hook it up or what? No, I never did. I didn't. Uh, yeah, you know, I was kind of, I was a good kid at the time. I was like, you know, going to prep school, and I, had, I think I had a little girlfriend at the time up at school. Oh, and I was like, so trying to write each other love letters. And How I was much do you hate yourself for that now? Jacket. What's that? How much do you hate yourself for that now? Uh, yeah, no. Nah. When the wardrobe <laughs> girl's dancing his head, I'm sure the self loathing yeah, yeah. kicks in. I still in. ask about some of them. <laughs> Ask around now. Hey. Yeah, they got to be like late forties or something. I bet probably. they remember. I bet yeah, they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know. Hey, Eric, how you been? They remember that longing <laughs> yeah, exactly. look, that yearning in the eyes. You whatever. really grew into that body, didn't you? <laughs> you want to give Nancy a lap dance? <laughs> yeah, no. So it was. It was kind of. Like, I don't know yeah, why wardrobe it, girls it, sound it, like bus drivers. It was drivers. a crazy time, you know. It was now like, they are. In the nineties, it was just a different people. You know, in running shows, it was different. People would like. You know. Yeah, here's the so like on the in terms of like the age of the cast, were you towards the younger end of the spectrum or were you kind of in the middle? Or? I was probably the middle. Yeah. Um, the one kid that played the kind of nerdy kid was pretty young, and you know, and uh, and the other ones, uh, Cooksey Redhead is uh, <laughs> he's probably about two years older than me, and so is Donkey Lips. Mm-hmm. 
but he was like he and I were like that was like my my boy like Cooksey and I were like you know we so we go cause trouble and we so you you guys were and we like you know getting wild yeah so we you know and I was just trying to keep up with him because he was very Hollywood at the time was this pre or post Terminator right so he was a Terminator James Cameron threw him a party at the Roxy with like strippers for his 16th birthday I was like hanging out with like Todd Bridges and shit back so you were you were in the mix of just all kinds of like all the like child celebrity stars just starting with all that and then that. And like Todd Bridges at that point, he would. Where was he in terms of the self destruction? He was in and out of rehab so a few he, times. Yeah. So he, not the person oh, to have yeah, around yeah. for a sixteenth birthday party. Now it kicks no, in different no, strokes. There, I well, yeah, there was Eddie. Fur, you know, it was all those kids. Eddie Furlong, all of them. Cameron. Yeah, there was a bunch of strippers. I remember like a limousine, like the whole nine. And this like, was James Cameron's doing for a sixteen year old. Yeah, yeah. Oops, did I? I can't pull <laughs> that one back. It's okay. Shout um, out to James Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was it was cool. Um, I'm but, glad I know that now. But I, he was, you know, <laughs> Everybody was, at home is glad as well. That was exposure to Hollywood, though. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be yeah. wild now to kind of think, like, and just, you know, it'd be feel like taking some distance away from it to be in the, the like, right in the middle of just, like... Yeah, I grew up in a, a town of 4,000 people on an island. And the next thing you know... And I'd never seen anybody... I You know, I'd seen a few famous people that came down to the resort, but, like, all of a sudden, it's like you're, like, trying to get in the mix of, like, teenage Hollywood at the time. Which is... Which in the 90s is a, it's now, a wild place. Now, contrast and compare. It was kind of fun. I was, it was all about Alyssa Milano. I think that was the only reason why I moved to California at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa Milano and Wardrobe Girls. Yeah, exactly. and Wardrobe and Phoebe Cates. Now let's uh, uh, <laughs> contrast and compare because that's the thing is like uh, my recollection uh, being uh, I'm 33, so I don't I'm know where that was. You, yeah, yeah. Okay, well yeah. I didn't know if that I, I feel like I watched it when I was like 12 or 13, so probably. you're probably just a few years older than me. Yeah. But my recollection of that time because I can remember, for instance, Nick Rocks. Which Nick? Okay, Nick Rocks was like Nickelodeon trying to do a v, uh, an MTV VH1 TV show, but mm-hmm. they would show like five or six Duran Duran videos. Oh, okay, you know what I mean. And I can remember. Uh, it's ironic, in fact, that you left Nickelodeon to go back to school because, like, n- watching Nickelodeon made me never want to go to school because I remember. <laughs> right, right. I remember there was an episode of Nick Rocks where they did an interview with some rock band. I want to say it was Motley Crue, but it may have been somebody else. But it was like a a, a rock band I liked. Right, and uh, they were talking about school. Did you do good in school? And all this is one of the guy goes, "No, nah, no, nah, I sucked at that." Uh, and uh, you know, I remember I was in math class, and uh, and they were like, "You're gonna need this when you're older." And he's like, "Man, I'm playing all these licks. I haven't, I haven't added anything <laughs> up in years." And right, right. and I was like, "Yeah, rock and roll." So like, I just didn't <laughs> like think from that day forth. I was like, "Math is stupid." So I still can't balance job, the checkbook or anything. So, uh, but but like I remember <laughs> doing your demographic <laughs> proud. Good job, Viacom. <laughs> so this would have been so we're gonna put good job Viacom on the board. Right? <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Uh, uh, so, so Nickelodeon was a fledgling network that had, you can't do that on TV. They had Slinger sure. Shorts. They had, uh, Wild and Crazy Kids. Huh? Well, Wild, the Wild big and Crazy ones, Kids. That would have been later. No, no, well, no at that time, the big ones were like, cause they just started doing half hour, like, script. Hey, show. dude, showed hey, up. Dude, after dude was you on. Guys. Clarissa. Yeah, yeah. Clarissa, Clarissa explained yeah, it all. Yeah. All that uh, was a little bit later. Freshman or whatever. Still, like, still have a Canada. lifelong crush on Clarissa, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was, I wanted to ask about that. Cause, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm getting into. So, so they were like a fledgling. What's that? Oh, Sorry. what's that? You would have been what now? Well, no, back then I had a crush on her, I think. Yeah. yeah. Didn't meet her? Never met her. She was ah. in Canada or something. At the Way oh, to go, man. James Cameron. You could have yeah, set that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. She could have been at the party. Yeah. <laughs> Strippers. Fuck that. Give me Clarissa. I want her to explain it all. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you don't get a sound effect for that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I break something? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, there we go. 
There you oh, go. Okay. Um, Real class. So, <laughs> uh, uh, you gotta understand, I run the whole damn show on my own here. It's, <laughs> what I need is a staff, but uh, interns. Yeah, we need to get some she interns. Some but interns. Uh, everybody needs a couple good interns. Uh, the problem is the parking. Really, it's not the people. Uh, they got bicycles. So they were a fledgling network, and then in Disney, their their TV shows were fucking pathetic. They had yeah, like, yeah, you're they right. didn't even have like the Mickey Mouse Club was just shit. Really, like nobody paid attention. And then they had Mouser Size, which for some reason I watched because yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. And then um, there was like, you know, I'd watch PBS, was- Sesame Street, and Today Today's Special and stuff like that. But then today, it seems like. Like, as an adult, I know a number of network Nickelodeon shows, probably from billboards and whatever have you. I feel like if you would have, if you'd have taken somebody my age and put them where I would have been back in the Salute Your Shorts days and been like, hey, do you know about Salute Your Shorts? They'd be like, who? Mm. They would have no idea. And I feel like today it's this fucking booming. There was no Justin Bieber's back then. No well, SpongeBob kind of thing. That's like a no, crossover yeah. cultural phenomenon. Well, Ren and Stimpy, but that even again, that was like later. No, you're right. There, well, you know? I mean, that was about the closest. I mean, the closest thing. thing to Bieber would have been like you know the New Kids and all the other boy bands that were that's coming. True. It was like the boy band thing. But that was yeah, I guess. But that's I feel true. like we were. I, still, I feel that. like we were still a little bit away from that sophisticated targeting of all right. We've got this demographic. Yeah, I mean, we need to cross over and bring yeah, them to it, this. It, we need to build the exactly. bridge so you can go. I mean, from now this. they come into your room while you're sleeping at night and tell you who you like, and they've been there for <laughs> years. You know, so yeah. it's like I mean, so we're you just you and Nickelodeon are still in, in cahoots on this. They tell you the plans. Yeah, well, once you're in the family. Yeah, once you're in the Nickelodeon fraternity, you don't leave. No. um yeah, but that's what, it, that's what it is. I mean, you know, people are building people's career now. It's just flooding them, you know, flooding them like crazy, flooding the internet, flooding the market, building the whole nine. They have a plan. They get it done. There's a formula for everything. You know it's what I? You know what I never understood kids, is a formula for adults. You right. Know? It's all of it. I mean, it's got to be kind of strange for you to see this all play out now because you just kind of ended up going out doing an audition, you know, and then like yeah. you got you, you casting director sees you and is like, hey, come in for this audition, and then you do a couple more auditions. You're on a TV yeah, show, yeah. and then you're like. Well, this is a bit more than I ever expected, but it wasn't some sort of cold calculated we're going from the island to this thing, you know? No, no, it wasn't. It was, um, yeah, it, uh, I definitely, I think I, I definitely established an interest in me to, to work in the business, but I think that happens to a lot of people that get exposed to it that young, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was hard to go back to high school after that, and I did keep working a little bit, uh, towards the end of high school. It was just, you know, it's hard. You get kids involved in that stuff, but they just keep going, you know? It kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, so like, what's the most surreal thing like, to go from being in L.A. and filming this, you know, just big television show and hanging out at birthday parties that, you know, are just all big time and elaborate. And then you kind of you decide to just kind of basically live the, the island lifestyle growing up as a kid, which was great. I mean, yeah. you know, growing up out there, the time that I did, I'm super thankful for it. You know, it was really a, a great group of people. And we had a run of the place. Now I don't think being a teenager on the island that I'm from that we would have had anywhere near as much of a run on the place, and we caused a lot of trouble, man. I mean, I, w- we- I was given to understand. I had a friend in in just after high school that uh, grew up in Hawaii, and he was he was saying that surfing was not only a class; it was like the first half of the day. I don't know if that's maybe nah, he, maybe I mean, he was that, skipping out on class. Maybe, I don't know. I but don't that was know. like a, that, that motherfucker was truant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. But like, was that part of the curriculum? No, anything? no. I mean, like I grew up culture? in yeah. I, I grew up in kind of a little bit more of a country town. That's like a like a like I guess twenty five hundred feet elevation. So I mean, we could we could surf all over, but we really did. I mean, we we grew up in an under underpopulated area, which is you know the all the outdoors do whatever you want. So I mean, like you know your high school parties, you're out there on black sand beaches, you know, you know, with kegs and, you know, 
being able to surf at night and do whatever else and surfing at night sounds it was just, it was just terrifying. great it was you know it was just it was Teddy's a lot of afraid of everything we just got you know we had a great time it was just really like it was a a really kind of safe area for you know it was just I don't know but it was it was now now do you different. do you go back there often yeah Does it yeah I go on? back fairly often um. I'm going back. Uh, I'm doing. I'm, I direct now, and I'm going back to shoot a movie in my town that I've been. You know, I, I wrote on for like two years. I've been developing on it for like three years, and we're oh, just nice. now. Yeah, we're just now ready to go. We're shooting this summer in August for uh, about five weeks. It's like a little bit indie. It's like a you know there'll be some names and stuff. We're closing up some deals on some people, so it will get. You know, we're, we're hoping at a decent shot of distribution. But we'll do some festivals and such. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably. You know, I think that we have some. You know, we have some interest already, so we might really have a shot. There's a lot of commercial elements to it. It's a Hawaii story. Um, yeah, I'm really trying to do an authentic film for the area that I grew up in. Um, kind of the flip side of the postcard is the way I like to see it. Did you? So did you? It does, did you see it does the, seem like most Hawaii films uh, just, are very touristy. Yeah. Like uh, the closest one I can think of is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's the most right. recent one I can think of. Well, that's why I was thinking of. And the it, was, it was focused on the the, uh, the George Clooney movie that right. was the Oscar nominated one, and he, you know, that was kind of a thing that I, I read a lot about people saying how the island was treated and in terms mm. of the movie and the representations and such. Did you? Did you see that movie by yeah, chance? Yeah. What did you think about that as a native? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it, you know, it's interesting because it was kind of, it covered an area of a group of people that are a particular group of people in Honolulu, I guess. And I, and I actually grew up with descendant families and, and whatever else. And they, and they're very, excuse me, please. Um, they were very, um, on point with that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was decent. It was, uh, it definitely, um, you know, it got a lot of interest, uh, you know, based off of the cast and what I, I like Alexander Payne. I thought it was good. My mine is uh, it's a little bit tighter and, and smaller and it's very, um, why is there no sitcoms based in Hawaii? You mean like sitcoms meaning like half hour comedies or like series? It, it, either, I guess. Cause they've done series. They've tried to do Hawaii five. is incredibly successful right now, oh, but, uh, that's it. That's the reboot. Yeah. That. The reboot. But I was on a show called the birds that. of paradise when I was, uh, Saw that in your IMDb. Don't know what it is. I, I was apologize. A, I was a junior or senior in high school, and it was uh, I did a recurring thing. It was, it was they had thirteen episodes, and it was Seth Green, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Timothy Busfield. What channel was wow. this on? What it was on ABC? Was this after? So this is after Salute Your Shorts. After Salute Your Shorts is my first job. Back? After Salute Your Shorts. Okay, so you're still in LA. No, I'm back in Hawaii. Back in Hawaii, but, but I still have an agent. Okay, and then they they hooked me up with a decent gig on that. But they only aired like seven episodes. They shot thirteen. It was Stephen Boschko. You guys remember Boschko? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was he the one who did Cop Rock? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which was right around the time of Salute Your Shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Anytime oh, a cop breaks cop out, rock, bro, do you not know Cop Rock? Do you remember one? Whole High? Do you remember Whole High? I don't know Whole High. Whole High was the the high school musical that Michael Bauer, Donkey Lips, was actually on prior to Salute Your Shorts. Mitch, how you not know Cop Rock? Yeah, Cop Rock is like one of the greatest debacles of all time, bro. It's yeah. like a it's like a musical about police officers in the police station, and they're like singing about going out to fight crime. Yeah. it is everything that you could possibly imagine it would be. It was actually, I think, what they did because it was Bosco. They did a. Uh, cop rock and then that didn't work out so well so they got rid of the music and made it nypd blue boom inception inception exactly minds have been below right. we're gonna start with the musical <laughs> and then we'll go backwards <laughs> oh yeah there it is there you go i got your inception sound um no, I, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't i mean perhaps it's just the fact that the filming would be a pain in the ass but it doesn't seem like there's any 
uh, authenticity, the, kind the of the office, uh, Parks and Recreation community, something like that. A, a, sit, a sitcom without the fucking laugh track. A modern day sitcom, I guess they Based call it. Based in Hawaii what do you or that? actually filming in Hawaii? I guess that would be the Both. distinction. Because Both. it would be... I, like I, about, like, I, I'm sure, like the closest thing, and it's going to sound terrible, but the closest thing I can think of to like a movie that made any attempt to represent day-to-day life in Hawaii was Lilo and Stitch. That was a good movie. I enjoyed that. I, 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 I love it too. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you did a comedy in Hawaii, it's like... Uh, it's just the fact that they'd have well, to fly. Essentially, if you're doing a comedy in Hawaii, you're actually shooting actors. at North Hollywood on a set, and then you're doing <laughs> B unit out there, like you know, the yeah. pick up. But it's not. I don't know what the comedy, the basis of a comedy. I mean, you, yeah, I guess there's a bunch. Well, of I guess different, what I'm thinking is like, know, okay, look, you can do, you can do a, you can do a. You can do a <laughs> well, what I'm saying, all right, like, get your pictures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a billion comedies about like couple of uh, you know like they could couple, do like a northern exposure of hawaii well, i'm saying like right. there's a cu- there's yeah. movie or there's there's tv shows where it's like oh a couple of 20 somethings living in new york a couple of 30 somethings living in new york a couple of 20 somethings living in l just doing their thing in la or in texas or wherever hawaii is a very interesting especially uh the fact that it's even part of our country is For some it, people it's technically not well they're all assholes but it's huh. it's such a it's it's such an especially because it's the only United States uh, that used to be a kingdom, which is awesome. Texas. And it's like there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of interesting like lore really to Hawaii. Oh yeah, there's still and a I movement like, in Hawaii to to have to like just you know they want independence. There's still there's still aspects I've I've read before. Right, and it's it, but oh yeah, but, the sovereignty movements. Right, it's right. still definitely. Been it, but it's 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 such an interesting because it's like. Most people who know of Hawaii know it only in a very touristy aspect. Yeah, I mean that's really like what. So me- a day to day life, even if it's droll and yeah. just every well, day, kind of what you're, with that's the what I'm trying to do. I mean, I'm trying. Right, to, yeah. I'm trying to take actors that you've known and seen and whatever else, but I'm trying to really make it authentic, like you know, City of Gods, an authentic Brazilian movie. Right, I'm really yeah. trying to show. I mean, they have a certain way that they speak. They have a certain way that they carry themselves. There's sure, certain things sure. that they, you know. Just the way that they like everyday you know, people like I mean, Teddy like, Tuts like and Mitch Marzoni just, just in Hawaii, in New York, he gets the neighborhood right. You right. know, so it's trying to do that. I feel like that no one's really kind of come along the lines of that. So is that know? kind of what is the production process has been a lot for you, trying to make sure that you can capture the the authenticity of where you? Grew yeah, up I mean that's what really sure. took me so long to write this thing that I wanted to do. Um, I was uh, I was basing out of Hawaii for like two years. I mean, I've been kind of working and directing and, you know, for a few years now and, and, and producing as well. And I was basing out of there doing some commercial work and some other stuff. And then I was there for two years and I moved back to L.A. about three years ago. I just sat down and, and wrote it and really was, you know, kept hammering out to make sure that I got it the way that I needed it. But, yeah, I mean, it's really doing it right. You know, I mean, when you try to go bigger, initially when I started doing it, I was doing it with a larger production company. And they wanted me to go bigger and make it sort of like a thing where it was like, really commercial and whatever else. But when you start to work in movies that are like $5 million and under and you're doing the indies, you kind of have the the freedom to go in and make something gritty and authentic. Kind of hit a sweet spot. Kind yeah, of you know? Sure, I mean, sure. so... And I think that everybody... I think these days, especially people, if they see something different, they, they go out and they want to watch it. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be in a foreign language. I mean, it could be... Right. Well, was an artist. It was a silent movie. I mean, or yeah. was it, I I'm all about I'm all about any show that lasts for four seasons on HBO or Showtime. I feel like that's all that I want to see anymore. Once movies... you figured out that the seasons took place, not four <laughs> seasons. Is what you're saying, right? 
Boom. Yeah. Roast it. Yeah. Like, I'll never put two on the board, son. He I, didn't put two on the board. I want to run the you sound can effects. Go ahead and write down once they, once, once you figured out seasons. I'll if you want it, since you. Oh, yeah, two on the yeah. board. Huh? I got two up on the board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's two boards happening right now. There's the board of writing yeah, stuff yeah. and the board of Eric just burning you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Solid. No, no. So you said four seasons of what? You know what? I'm very proud of you right now. Prior to the, <laughs> just before the show started, I was telling Eric about the show and I said, you know, we're doing, we do a lot of like comics just riffing with each other. And he says, I'm not a comedian. I said, don't worry. You'll do fine. And right out the gate, he's like, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, this yeah. motherfucker don't know about seasons. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to get ass. this dude. I got your ass. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is uh, uh, a movie I really like, yeah. there's that thing where I'm like, oh, but it's over too soon. Land of the Dead is a, is a perfect example. Right. But the fi- like, <laughs> I, that movie to me was really good, but what I hated about it the most was when it was like at least two hours too short. So I'm like, if you did Jesus. Land of the Dead, <laughs> I know that. Like, and I actually just recently got into The Walking Dead, and I'm like, okay, they they're doing they're doing a pretty decent job. But I like Land of the Dead because it was at the very end where it was like the rich people figured out, oh, we can take over a sky rise, build a moat, and we're fucking solid, no problems here. And it's such a cool vibe and whatever. Anyway, my point is, uh, some movies end too soon. And TV shows, I don't like commercials, and there's no boobies or cussing. And yeah. uh, But like HBO and Showtime, they do a really good job. The only issue I have with them is that there seems to be... Uh, fourth season is where you should end. Because after third season, yeah, I feel like yeah. they go, oh, I didn't know we were going to last this long. Oh, uh, it's a nightmare. That's and then by, by about fifth season, you're There's, just you're like, well, uh, yeah. three people die, and yeah. two of them sprout wings. And, 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 and even know. at that point, the actors are looking at each other going, Jesus, can we go do something else? I mean, uh, yeah. people are just bouncing off of each other. Like Everybody's phoning it in at that point. The writers, the actors, no one has anything that's, else. That's yeah. They're yeah. looking at old TV shows trying to come up with ideas and – the timings, mm. all, yeah, it's. it's it really, and I got to imagine if you stick around as an act, as a young actor, especially, or or a first time, like this is your big break. Right. If you do something for more than five seasons, that's you for life. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. happens. So so many like different strokes comes to mind. Yeah, um, there's a there's a lot of people on Seinfeld that have had like zero success since then because. You go, oh well, that's a lane, or yeah, that's, it's just you know. so much, well, especially be, being uh, in syndication. Actually, so long I would, I would say, of all the Seinfeld, uh, if you take away, even if you, if you include Seinfeld himself, I guess he hasn't really tried to do too much. much no, I like know he's pretty whatever. much doing comedy. But and shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Julia Louise Dreyfus has probably had the most successful post Seinfeld career of everyone. She, even yeah. though the the new and old adventure uh, adventures of old Christine or whatever that show, she had a sitcom on it CBS. Seems for a couple like seasons. most yeah. of the stuff she's Veep done since then references Seinfeld, which is the smartest way to go. I don't necessarily agree with a veep that she's doing on hbo right now that, that seems to be i haven't seen it either but it, everyone that i know who sees it is raving about it right now i like the idea I mean, yeah but yeah. it's but is she of i mean like she's Michael, talented she's yeah, definitely yeah. talented she's I guess, done she's on arrested development for a couple yeah. of arcs yeah, yeah, she's yeah. been she's been very successful i would say i i probably spoke too soon because she was also in a lot of things Three out of four have but i feel like i i shouldn't have picked her i just was that's the first i don't right. know much about seinfeld i'm sorry so i should not you have ain't no kind of white person <laughs> Anywho, Jeez. I know I'm I'm not white enough to be white and too white to be black. Yeah. I'm in this weird catch twenty two, bro, grayish brown area. Like uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, yeah, that but that that does happen because you get used to seeing somebody in a thing, and you're like, well, that's who they are to me yeah. now. And uh, it's a lot of the f- uh, yeah, yeah. I, that's why I feel like the worst job you could ever have, and I mean worse than Jizmopper. <laughs> oh, I, I, God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the worst okay. job. We have established Mitch's floor on the hierarchy uh, uh, of jobs. 
Worst job in the history of worst jobs. I'm, and I mean this sincerely, and I've said it before. Worst job ever would be a recurring character in a commercial. Like the uh, flow. Can you hear me now? You can, well, kind of, yes. Well, but you know one can really similar. recognize him, yeah, but how true. many commercials? Is, I mean, right. I mean that guy's I'm thinking, silly I'll give you, I'll give you oh, a perfect ridiculous. example. The the guy, dude, you're getting Adele, the Dell dude, as some people would oh, call him. Yeah. Right. He, he uh, I remember, th- like, on Gizmodo one day, somebody, there was, like, a photo, like, look, it's the Dell dude in a gay bar. I was like, who cares? Well, he also but, had the big thing. Well, hold on, but more to the point, then he got busted uh, with uh, like on a that weed like charge, ago, yeah, yeah, I know he got busted on a weed charge. So Dell was like, "Listen, we can't have you representing us because now you're living up to the exact character we wrote for you." Um, <laughs> so no more Dell commercials for the guy. However, you can't see him anything else because you'd be like, well, "Isn't that the Dell dude?" It is hard. I mean, these commercial actors that overexpose like that—that's really flow I mean, is it, fucked. It's, it's it's strange because I've known actors that like. They work in commercials nonstop, and they have ones that go on forever, and you see them all the time. But it's rare that they're ever getting into television or movies because it's like, and that, well, this, this is why I, like this is see, why I, I mean, say you're probably right. It's like an early over. Well, here's here's, here's why, real quick. Here's why I say it's the worst job ever because it's not enough money to retire on. It's just enough to ex- exposure to where people recognize you. <laughs> I think the Verizon guy might disagree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. There's no way he's retiring on that. But Are anyway. you kidding? How long has that dude had a con? Dude, that dude went for that 10 years. That guy's made some money. That I don't guy, know. Yeah. Jared from... All right, somewhere. all right, all right. Oh, listen, well, look, on. look. Make your argument, an actor, and then I'm going to rip Okay, all right. As an actor, I don't feel like that's that's not Sopranos money. That's not Seinfeld money. Whatever. Look, my point is, it's not ridiculous, stupid cash. It's a lot, but it's not fucking ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they get like syndication rights and shit. AKA okay, fuck you money but is what you you're get. To say, right? You you, you don't get right. fuck you money from the commercial. You get the like. recognition to where you can't, for instance, be the Dell dude just hanging out in a gay bar, whether or not <laughs> you're just hanging out with your friends. Who cares why he's there? But the point is that like the reason that was an article is because people recognized him. So you get the recognition, the part you don't want, uh, but without the like. Oh my God, I love your work in the <laughs> Dell commercials, which you don't get. You don't get that respect. Plus, you're pegged forever as that person in that commercial. So you fucked up for TV okay. and movies forever. That's and fair. it's not fucking so much cash that you can just be like, well, I don't need to act ever again. Okay. But here's the other side of the coin, all right? Not everyone, I feel like, has those ultimate ambitions. Do you know what I mean? Some people are like, I hit the mother load. If I'm this, if I land a commercial spot for seven years, I'm set. I don't give a fuck. Like, I work to get this gig. Do you know what I mean? Like, I work to get this fucking flow gig. So, like, I'm paid. And, yeah, maybe you don't have Sopranos money. But you've got six years of progressive auto insurance. You've got fucking TV ads. You've got print ads. You've got radio ads. You've got now mobile ads. You've got online ads. That's a shitload of money for someone. And there's a fucking... You think? Yes, I you know. Think they get a syndication Yeah, for they that? don't get syndication. They get paid for all those spots, Mitch. They're not just TV ads. There's radio ads. There's print ads. There's all kinds of fucking I ads. I guess that's true. They can become a spokesperson. That's at that what point. they yeah. are. They're not just an actor anymore. My, my dad My dad defends Flo getting, left and right, and he, he says like... shitloads of money. He's like, oh, well, Flo... He no worries. He's like, well, Flo is a comedian. That's what you need to get into. I was like, listen, Dad, I'm never going to be a, a commercial... Uh, you know what I mean? Like a, a, a regular in a commercial. That's all I'm saying. And I guess there's a difference, like, difference between you and me, Mitch. Like you and me would not take a progressive <laughs> auto ad. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Because that's not what our ambitions are. Sure. But for a lot of people to get a seven-year gig that gets you in all kinds Ah, but here's where I say it's the worst job. Here's where I, here's where the issue is. Now, 
maybe, maybe the dude, maybe Verizon guy could retire on that. He did. He did. Okay. He is retired. That's fine. He's done. You know what? Kudos. He is Here's, done, Mitch. That Verizon guy is well paid. Ah. <laughs> but, okay. however, but this is facts. Is, my point is You're this. You're still talking about the Verizon <laughs> guy, huh? Shit. It's a point of heated debate. The, the difficulty is, the difficulty is, now he walks down the street and everybody's going to be, hey, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can if he doesn't wear his glasses, I don't think anyone will No one knows. Maybe, that guy maybe. dyes his hair, fucking gets a new maybe haircut. He's no one okay. knows who the fuck the guy yeah, is. Yeah, he grows yeah. his hair out. He doesn't wear a dumpy-ass gray thing. He doesn't say, can you hear me now? He's fine. You are taking a very specific piece out of a giant pot. I'm not, actually. Okay. I feel like that, it's I'm very indicative. Talking, you're talking about I that guy? I understand what your point Thank is. Thank you. I get it. Eric I, is on I, my I, side. No, I, I don't know. Here's on, my other thing. Hold on. Hold no, on. Bitch, hold on. Because I didn't finish my sentence. You have finished your sentence. No, because you... But the money is good. I, I, I'm not saying yeah. it isn't. What I'm saying is... You did kind of say that. You did kind of say that. For the rest of your life... Good money. For the rest of your life... If you are a regular in a TV commercial, right? Oh, yeah. Flo is a is a really good example. The Adele dude is another really good example. Uh, remember, remember the Micro Machines guy? So not not this one, but this one really talk. No, fast but I talking remember guy. the guy was in all kinds of commercials. He yeah, was in FedEx commercials. So he was good. For example, but whatever. Okay, fine. Let's just go with Flo. Let's stick with Flo, <laughs> even though she's a comedian and eh, whatever. But I'm saying that that Dell dude's. Uh, let me go Dell dude because he's that's the guy. Because <laughs> I don't even remember because, Del dude. <laughs> Because there might be a part of you that you walk down the street and go, aren't you Del Dude? Like, that's his thing, right? Like, he'll be recognized. That's that's your thing. So you get the recognition where somebody will, like, ah, Del Dude, dude, you're going to Del, blah, blah. But you don't get all the cool respect. You don't get all the incoming money for ads. You don't get the girls. You don't get the you don't get the chicks. That's true. Who did you fuck last night? Remember the dude from the Verizon commercial? Oh, my God. I guess. Here's, I mean, here's the thing, though, Mitch. Like. I guess the I guess the point is that like I feel like we're discounting how good commercial worse money is. than a jizz mopper. How good commercials are? No, how good commercial money is. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been hearing different things. I heard it's not as good as it was like five, ten years. So ago. So it started to dry up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I you know I I, I worked on a. Uh, pretty sure Flo got hers. I haven't worked in commercials in like ten years. I only did one. You know, I couldn't stand yeah. auditioning for them. I mean, I, I mean, I'm working for, I've working. I've been at production companies that you. have I done commercials in general, and, and I guess the other thing auditions. too is like if you, I mean, it, and like, and I sat in on commercial auditions. I've seen the way the advertising agencies, yeah, put the. I've read the scripts. I've had to like, I mean, yeah. I've seen, oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen how it all unfolds in real time, and I've seen the people that come in, and and I've seen those people end up on commercials, and like you yeah. see them do an audition, and they don't even talk in the commercial, and it's just yeah. it's a total soul killing enterprise. You know what sure. I mean? Sure, but. If you land one of those real plum commercial spots that takes you years upon years upon years, then that's kind of why I feel like the example is a bit faulty because you're talking about elite commercial talent. Those people are set. And then underneath them, you have the recurring commercial actors who just keep popping up in all kinds of oh, commercials. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know guys and they're who set too. a year. Like, and they um, get plenty yeah. of attention. So, like, I just can't give you as much as you're saying in your argument because they have money. They get a lot of recognition, and if you're the Dell guy, most people don't even know who the fuck you are anymore. You know what blows my mind is, like, I know certain actors, and they'll be, like, the same, you know, they have kind of, you know, most of the guys I hire for commercials are just kind of like a schmucky-looking dude, right? I mean, they right. love that sure, schmucky-looking. Sure, sure. And uh, I know, like, certain actors that I see them in, like, six or seven different, like, major spots at a time. Like, well, right. six, six spots, six major spots at a time, playing mm. the same guy, pretty much, for different companies. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, maybe because I know who they are. I, I recognize them, but I'm just curious as to. I mean, I would think the viewing public would you, be, you'd like, be like, "I that, saw that guy in this commercial," you know. It, but they do like once they kind of get working, they're like all of a sudden become that schmucky guy that they need. That's like the go-to schmuck. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's you. Sure, I mean, and, sure. that, and that's some people's 
that's that's the goal. Like once you get in that circuit, you're set. You don't have to, you, you don't need the schmuck. aspiration of going above schmucky commercial actor. What's left? You've hit the jackpot. And I guess that's kind of why I feel like it's a limited perspective that you're presenting because you don't need to go beyond that. Do you know what I mean? If you hit flow status, you're done. You know what's interesting? You don't go out for more auditions after you get to flow status. You're done. You're well, retired. No, you're not going to see The Verizon guy isn't auditioning for anything cuz no, 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 hold on. You're not going to see Flow or the Verizon guy doing any more commercials. They're not even auditioning. I I know. You're not that's not even what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, uh, look, take Flow or the Verizon guy in 30 years. It's unlikely the money they made from those commercials at this time is still going to be there That's in 20, they 30 years. Because they diversify their portfolio, son. Yeah, got to yeah, diversify exactly. your funds. <laughs> yeah. That's style. a personal problem. Yeah. I'm sure it is. And, and, but therein lies the, it's, okay. the, it's Jared it's, from it's, Subway. Honestly, that dude going to have money in 30 years. It's the same. Well, the, his thing is not about commercials. His thing is he's endorsed by Subway as a, as a, it's like, it's and like, he, he appears in commercials. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Other than Tiger Woods up until very recently with his scandals and such, Tiger Woods endorsed by everybody. It was like, hey, Nike will pay you $100,000 a day if you just point at a dude while wearing a wristband, you know, right. whatever the fuck. So that that's a different thing. But what I'm saying is um, uh, outside of diversifying of the portfolio, <laughs> um, it's that thing where I'm talking about like the long term, the 20, 30 years. Okay. I, I feel like, for instance, I saw in Mad Men, Flo was in a Mad Men, like early on first season, she was one of the call uh, uh, in the in the operators room, and that may have filmed before the, even the flow commercials aired. But she was one of the girls. I remember recognizing her. Hey, it's flow. You know, uh, haven't seen her in anything since then. My dad says she's a stand up comedian. He's always talking to me like, "That's what you need to get into." I was like, well, "Let me tell you, Dad, that's worse than a jizz mopper." So um, <laughs> it's that recognition, but you can't parlay that into uh, TV or movies because you're already recognized as this thing and. That's the big thing that directors seem to hate is they want that sort of either a blank slate or you're just a wildly famous person for a lot of things. Right. And I think that if you're wildly famous for one thing, that's what fucks people. That's why, for instance, there were so many child actors that fucking went astray because they started on a TV show when they were three years old and then followed it through till they were like 15. And then the show ended. And you know them as Emmanuel Lewis, or uh, not Emmanuel. Lewis. <laughs> you know them as this one guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. They know you know them as 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 the, the character, uh, right? Yeah. Todd Briggs, right? Yeah, or Todd Biggs, Bridges, Todd, Bridges. Yeah, Willis. terrible. Will, right? Strong uh, Willis, and uh, and and uh, you know, uh, yes, you Gary know, Coleman, little yes. guy, Gary Coleman. Thank you, <laughs> Gary Coleman. Everything he did after that was was references to him in different he was like a parody character and things like this. Dude was like working security as a you know parking lot, things like yeah. that. It was a lot of terrible right. fucked up things, unfortunately for the guy, where there was nothing else to do. So well, that's what I'm talking about is is that thing where directors go, I only see you as this thing because the public only sees you as this thing. Now if that thing is commercials, I feel like you'll never get like for instance syndication money and things like that. Okay, that's fair. So well, this, is a good way, this is a good way to segue because now you and you, you only see him thirty seconds a time, so it's not really a character that people are going to be like, "I want to fuck that dude." Well, this is okay. No, and, then, and now we know what Mitch's whole point comes down to. Commercial actors really get the girls. What's uh, that? Uh, well, that was that was basically. We can and, we can and, we can move on from this. I just wanted to. But no, it's a good. I was it's a good way I could to do a quick one minute thing, and we'd move on. It was but a I'm good. Sorry, it's a good segue now because you now you do more writing so and directing. Eric looked you, his watch. Yeah, I don't. I don't act anymore. Right. So you you've kind of given up. Uh, not necessarily giving up, but then you transition away. Oh from yeah, that no, I stopped acting. Um, uh, God, I was 
Well, about almost ten years ago, nine, ten years yeah. ago. So your your Paris Hilton movie. Well, no, did you before direct that, that, or did you act? I in wrote that? and directed that. But before that, you did. That. You did. Uh, it's life makes sense if you're famous, right? right? Which that was, was before. It was, that. was a short film. Yeah, it was a and short film. Paul to, Walker. Yeah, Scott and Kong. that was just to to give me a crack at directing. So how did that? Like, how did that whole thing come about? Because you, I mean, you get Paul Walker and Scott Conn in there. Well, they were friends of mine, right? And I um. I worked on a movie called We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson, and it was like one of the bigger jobs that I had gotten. And it was kind of a bummer because when the final cut of the movie came in, it was like three hours and 20 minutes long. So was it theatrical time? No, and they had to cut it. They had to cut Again. it down to two hours because say, no it was based off of a book, and we were all playing real-life guys. Right. So Randall Wallace came in and cut out you know, a couple of major storylines. That sounds and, like one of those projects that would have been better served as like an HBO miniseries. Yeah, it probably was. Like but a, it, I mean, it was kind of, like but it was kind of like that. I mean, the band of brothers kind of, yeah, thing. he followed the lives of all these different guys. Yeah. I played a real life guy, you know, a friend of mine who was like my best friend played a real life guy. And we had a storyline cause my head gets blasted open and this whole nine and whatever. Yeah. So when they cut that, I was just really, you know, I, I had wanted to get into directing and whatever else, but, Excuse me. I just was, uh, I kind of at that point was just feeling like I wanted to, you know, make the focus to go out and, and do that. So I, I had some money from working on that movie and I paid for a short film and I put those guys in it. And then that was my focus at that point. After that was to try and get in and do a feature. And, um, and then it's just been kind of ups and downs since then. I mean, I, my first feature was with some really, really bad producers. Yeah. And it took a really long time to get it finished, and then I wasn't sure, you know, if, you know, when it was going to be, when I was going to do another one, and and then now I'm. And what you what you base the uh, the short on for for that was just the original idea that I had in my head that was kind of a thing where it was. I mean, you guys probably haven't seen it. It's on. I think it's on Netflix now or something. Part of the thing, but it was it was just kind of about. It was like a young Hollywood sort of thing, like kind of very entourage prior to entourage kind right. of thing, where it was. Uh, I mean, you kind of had a little bit of that's kind of like your real life story. I mean, you go high school style, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of we were just messing around. I mean, we, but it was it was good enough where we had um, you know, I had some real talented friends that really came in and helped me, you know, get it looking right and feeling right, and we had something kind of cool, and I ended up getting distribution on it, even though it was a short film and the whole nine and, and kind of got it around town to some people and, and got some support to, to get my, you know, first directing gig. How so, did you even meet, how do you, how do you meet those guys exactly? Are you doing projects around town? Or yeah. Just yeah. They were old out? friends, you know, it was like through friends and stuff. They had been tight friends of mine. Both those guys have been tight friends of mine since I was probably like 18, 19 years old. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, just called up and like, hey, I'm trying to work on a project. Well, no, they're like guys that I hung out with all the time. I mean, they're like family to me. Those kids, they, um, you know, it's everybody. We were just same age, doing the same stuff, and be, we're friends back then, and been friends through. So it's it's right. yeah yeah it's good. They're still really close friends. So it's um you know, but yeah yeah, but acting, I just didn't really want to keep auditioning and doing that stuff forever. I really, I'd always wanted to get into directing. So you, you know? got you so you do that, and then and then bottoms up comes uh, a little bit later on which was a nightmare right so that's so bottoms up to set, to set the stage <laughs> for riffopolis here <laughs> it's you so you write and direct that yeah and, i co-wrote it with a buddy of mine yeah. and you get you get jason muse yeah kevin smith paris hilton uh, and then paris hilton comes in uh yeah, paris hilton there's another first. friend of yours that was also paris in paris hilton first uh okay life makes sense of your fame there's a third now friend was, of yours wait wait Damon the, the bottoms up was this now was this before her the whole sex tape thing and everything no we got her that was kind of the whole gimmick behind the whole thing is that we had a little movie that we wanted to push around and get made. And she 
had just gotten really famous off the the sex tape thing. I think was right at the same time. It was Simple Life. Yeah, yeah. All then I don't know sex what, tape Simple Life. I don't know what yeah. year what's, that was. What's was interesting crazy. about her is like it's one of those things that I think that like I I didn't know who the fuck she was when that sex tape came out, and I worked for the company that was releasing it at the time. But um, what was that red whatever? <laughs> well, like I worked right, right. not like at their company, but with them, mm-hmm. sort of. I guess I should say. Um, but, uh, so I saw it like the night before they were like, oh, <laughs> right, right, right. we're going to send it. <laughs> no, I had heard, I had friends who had copies of that prior to it coming. Yeah, yeah. So you were, they you, were like, they were so like, it was hey, like tomorrow, working its way around. Like, tomorrow it was, we're it was this, around town. But what's thing. interesting is like, yes, they were like, tomorrow we're sending this to Howard Stern. Like I, like, I heard Whoa. like it was like a Danny Masterson's house or something. And all these people were so going and seeing it. Blew, so before it blew up, what I was saying is like, what's interesting is that I had no idea who this girl was and whatever. And I remember somebody, the guy, one of the guys i worked with said we're we're sending this off right so we're sending this off to howard stern tomorrow it's going to bring a bunch of traffic so we got our banners on the thing we need you to make banners for the site so that we can get clicks over to our stuff and i said all right cool i'll I'll take care of it and i was like who is this girl anyway and i'm like oh she's some she's paris hilton i was like you mean like hilton like the hilton and they're like yeah i was like holy shit and i i like looked her up and at this time this was again this is a day before the sex tape broke all she'd ever done really like it was like her lot. Show up at a club. Was well, no, she so, did a bunch of indie like horror. Oh, films. she had done some like stuff. like I was she had like acted a little she did like B horror movies. That's like her whole. She kind was of like the a same things that. that she did afterwards. Like yeah, she did yeah. House of Wax. And it was interesting whatever. that she yeah. she sort of stuck with that, and people who were already probably in production with her on a lot of these films were like, oh, this Cashing is gonna be awesome. In. We're finally yeah, like, yeah. House of Wax is a perfect example. Also, she was worth money overseas and stuff. Yeah. yeah right, but it's yeah. like but that's so I that's why I wondered if you were yeah, like, no, oh, we're just gonna we, do this uh, little thing. And- I actually went out to New York and I was trying to get the first the first version prior to getting with producers of that movie was called the Cheese Ride Shotgun. And that was our original name. And she's right shotgun. Yeah. It turns into bottoms up, <laughs> which turns into bottoms up. It got all out of way. It was, uh, it was we are definitely line. putting cheese ride shotgun yeah, on the board. Cheese ride shotgun. And yes, what the fuck is a cheese the ride? The cheese shotgun? ride shotgun was well. The guy that I write with was writing with on that. So a, a classic guy, this guy Nick Ballow. Give him a shout out, right? Shout well, on the iPad. Shout him out. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, terrible at this. So it was just it was a, it was a funny comedy thing, and we um. You know, I I was putting it together out of a management company and with some people that you know we had we had contacts around town as far as agents and everything else was concerned. And so I went out to New York and I and I met up with uh, Sean Hattesey. You know, who he is Sean Hattesey. He's been in a bunch of stuff in Anna Paquin. Yeah. Okay. And they sure. were doing a play together in New York, and I was trying to get the two of them to do it, and oh. they both passed on it. And um, and I was all bummed out. Should have brought and, some and, like of that. Rachel Lee Cook read it and she passed on it. And I was like, ah. I remember like having like a headshot in the office of like you know Rachel Lee Cook with glasses and like warts and a beard and the whole night. I was I was pissed off at Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> 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 we got our new office dartboard, kids. <laughs> I love how it just turned into like a real just dark moment, like fucking Rachel Lee Cook with warts and just turned that. Yeah, bitch yeah. Just- Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> Really bummed me out. And then, um, and then, where was I going with this? So then, Paris, I think right around, and I, you know, I kind of known Paris before. I had met her a few times and she'd always been around town and whatever else, but I had friends that wrote tight with her. But she, I think all that stuff started happening right at that time. And I really wanted, I was thinking about her for the short that I was doing years prior, or like a year or two prior. This is the with Paul Walker. Yeah, and those yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. Cause it was supposed to be about a studio head's daughter, like a girl that was like really in the mix in Hollywood. That would have like, been very perfect for her life makes more sense if you're famous. Right. That would have been strangely apt. I right. Feel like, for so that was why when it came up in Paris was all of a sudden getting really famous and it was right around the time of the porn tape and whatever. They were sh- down shooting House of Wax on in Australia 
and we were talking to our agent, and then my boy Johnny Abrahams, I don't know if you guys know who he is, he's an actor, he's like in Scary Movie and a bunch of stuff. He was working on House of Wax, he acted in that, and I just told him, I was like, Johnny, you got to get her to read it, you got to get her to read it, and he got her to read it. And then, um, and then she wanted to do it after she read it. And then it was like, it was cool. And I like, I, I like Paris. I've always liked Paris. And I was, you know, I was stoked for what it was for the comedy, whatever that was great. But the people that were following and coming behind based off of her popularity, like the, the advertisement guys, the, the producers kind of and the circus that was following her was a fucking nightmare. So how many, how like much, worst how long people was the you production? Could have ever put together. Did you, so that you like, so like Kevin's so like, you get Paris Hilton in and then and Jason and Kevin Smith and those guys. Like, this would have come? been like in the middle of Jason Muse's heroin addiction too. Jason Muse was just like sober at the time for like four or five months. Just enough to oh, really? and he was weird as all hell. You know, he was like, he, <laughs> he was he in the just, middle of a heroin yeah, breakdown. Yeah, he was like, of. he was like, he was still <laughs> detoxing or some shit. And I, he, like wanted me to give him line readings the whole time and and it was just like i don't you know and kevin smith wouldn't let him cut his hair and it was and then i had Dave, were they shooting something else after they were they done were with bottoms like, up i think they were shooting clerks too yeah i was i was gonna say that's about yeah, that's yeah. about the same time as clerks too thing is like it's like, like, like he had gotten sober just because he, he it's yeah. yeah it's a very it's a very uh condensed time frame for yeah. them to, for them to both appear Right. And that kind of thing. Because you see one or the other kind of appear. Who, something. Kevin Smith and Muse? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, they, they do Kevin a lot Smith of wasn't easy to get. We had to give him a bag of cash. Yeah. You know, for him to show up. But he showed up. He did his thing. Yeah. He, uh, We're trying to get him on here, too. And bag of cash. Yeah, he needs a bag of cash. No, I actually didn't ask for that. But, yeah. But it was. <laughs> Two uh, bags. Just won't yeah, respond it was to hard. You know, they, we only shot in 18 days. And the guys that I was working with were, like, were holding on the money. And we, you know, we, we had to go to shoot up pickups. And we had to, you know, it was hard to finish it. And it took a long time. It just drove me to the ground. I was just like a young kid. And I was like, ugh. Like three years before the whole thing was done, yeah. before they you know finally put it out. So. so I mean, Paris Hilton, as in terms of you direct, you didn't you directed that. I directed right? yeah. that. So yeah. was she? I mean, as an actress and such, was she? Difficult? She was cool for what it was. For it what was it was, fun. yeah. Not not, so, not no many expectations really. Just kind of like come in, do your thing, and let's yeah. let's wrap I mean, it up. It was, it was a it was a simple little comedy, so it wasn't too hard to get things. No done, house of She was doing, cool. Doing it I, on I've a, always liked Paris. Doing it on an indie scale, uh, writing, directing as it were, um, because I'm, I'm given to understand there's a lot of these, like, uh, we had the best of intentions. Like, uh, you know, oh, the we script far, was awesome, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, that kind of thing, where it's like something goes wrong and the studios get involved. This is because the fact she was famous. Did somebody get involved, or did yeah, you? Yeah, I had a group of, like, really, like, shady producers that were known to be, like, really, really shady guys that uh, the agent that I was working with at the time said, you're getting involved with these guys, and it's really not going to be an easy thing, and are you sure you really want to work with these guys? And we can yeah. hold off a little bit longer, but... You know, I was like a 27, 20, 27 year old kid, and I was, you know, I got to make this movie. I got to make it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it, it was really, uh, they were a hard group, and they were, you know, raising money off the project overseas and not using it towards the budget. And they would do things like product placement, like goldenpalace.com, where like uh, they would have Golden Palace show up, and all of a sudden I'm being forced to like re script a scene at like three o'clock in the morning with like one of their hooker girlfriends that I'm Taff Hartley and, and she's got like golden palace written across her tits. And it's just Yikes like the whole, city. I mean, it was like every nightmare you could ever possibly. So they imagine. straight up tried to do the golden palace. Boxing yeah, but it was like, all, yeah, they were, uh, you know, yeah. Man, golden, was, golden palace. Uh, Damn. Son. Talk about a, I can't a, remember the name of the company. liquor intrigue. There was a, Whatever there was a liquor company called intrigue at the time. And I had the guy that owned the liquor company intrigue was this guy, Tom. And he wanted to do a scene with Paris 
where he was like actually in there. So I had, to, I mean, I had to shoot so much extra stuff so, on a schedule that we couldn't even make. How much of your original script did you just have to just be oh, like, just fuck it, it done. we just hacked the crap out of that just, thing. Just barely. I mean, if you watch it, it, there's like cartoon transitions and things like that in there <laughs> because I couldn't, because we couldn't afford to go shoot any more time to get her. I mean, it was just. Have you seen it anytime recently? Well, bottoms up. Yeah. I, did I, you watch I, it at all after yeah, you finished I watched, your final well, I mean, cut? Of course, and, I piece it together. Yeah, so I yeah. watched it so many times, but I can't really watch it. And no. it's hard too because people. People tell me, oh, I've seen uh, Bottoms Up. I saw Bottoms Up, and every time I'm just like, I almost have like an op- apologetic look where I'm like, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, cause the, like in the IMDb for Bottoms Up, it's just like, I mean, oh, it's like, it was the, ranked as like the worst movie yeah, ever made. It's like, a 2.1 like rating of what it has. <laughs> Well, it's a lot of it's Paris haters too. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that you have. I mean, she's front and center on the cover, right? So she's it's a fucking lightning. See Muse just hanging out of the side, like right. And it it looks like it looks like everything that you would possibly hate about the industry condensed in one box, right? And I was and I started off, you know, of course, with the best intentions to make this cool little quirky indie film, as it always does, right? And uh, and that's what we were being forced to do. And it, excuse me, it um. Yeah, it was hard. The whole thing was hard. But I think that some people, I mean, like I have friends that actually do like it. It's kind of a, like a stupid stoner film. If it is, well, that, on, it's the, on Showtime and like yeah, you yeah. watch it late at night. She's done a couple movies like that. And they like crack that. up. And like, I think that like, you know, I think for her, it was kind of cool that it was just weird and a quirky movie that she showed yeah, him versus sure. like stuff that takes itself seriously that she's yeah, done, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, she seems to be like into that kind of stuff because of, like I said, the past. Uh, uh, yeah, I she's think. cool. But like, uh, well, that, that seems to be the case in a lot of these situations where it's like it's. When when people sort of rip on uh, movies like smaller movies and things like that, where it's like, I I, I can't help but feel like I have to come to the be like, well, I'm sure that's not what the director slash writer intended. Yeah, but it's like you you see plot points just fall off a cliff, and you're like, what what happened to these two? Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know that the writer wasn't just like, well, and then and then they do this. Right. No, they, they, there's they, no way you sit down and write 300 pages and don't give that some thought. But you get enough producers and money oh, people. They, no, they took it money. from me. They yeah. took it from me and cut it the way that they wanted to cut yeah. it. And they did all that. Did and I ever... didn't really care at that point. I was just so over it. You know, I was like, I, I you know, I got, I got, I fought every fight I could. Is there another more artistic cut of Bottoms Up that exists somewhere deep? <laughs> yes, there is. Your... Yes, there is. Can... <laughs> No. The sound, like, the sound hasn't been mastered on it, but there's actually a decent cut. We need to have a, a straight riff and exclusive screening yeah. of, yeah, the, yeah, of the yeah. of the yeah. director's you guys cut can of bottoms figure up. Figure out how to get it online. Let's do it. Why can't we? I guarantee yeah, we'll yeah. get you at least a wait, five wait, wait. on IMDb. This is the thing that confuses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what this is what fucks me up. The same situation when we had Wayne Kramer on here. <laughs> Wayne Kramer, the director. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. sorry. Right. Wayne Kramer, MC5. He right. was on here, and he asked us to play a song off of one of their albums, off of MC5's albums while we were right. on here. And um, Ustream, where we do the live stream through, uh, only allows you so many videos in your in your free account, whatever. Or right. I got to pay a thousand dollars a month because they're assholes. Um, they, they use a shout button. out to Ustream. Fuck them. Huh. So there's a button you can hit to like just automatically upload it to YouTube for you, which is like, hey, cool. Sure. But uh, I'm wary of hitting that button because so many times I've hit that button and they're like, well, we can't put this up. Violation of whatever. Right. They did that with Wayne Kramer because we played some of his songs on the right. thing. And they were like, and so I tried to fight it because they were like, due to a copyright claim by such and such, whatever. And I tried to fight it. And one of the you know, of the options of like why I'm allowed to, why I, I'm fighting it, one of the options was the I got permission from the copyright owner, and I was like, yes, we did. He was on the show, so I clicked that, and it, it says like the next screen was like 
are you sure you have written permission? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, yes. Well, I mean, Kinda. I could call him and right. say, hey, can can we can you write me a letter? But then I was like, fuck, fuck you. Did you oh, yeah, click no? Yeah. I was no. Like, you gonna let the man win? Yeah. Well, because because here's like, the problem. Here's, you know, ah, not long it takes to get an injunction. Yeah. Eh, well, whatever. <laughs> not on YouTube. It takes three seconds. I've had my own videos <laughs> taken down because. Uh, for instance, uh, my first few shows when I first started doing comedy were at the Irvine Improv, mm -hmm. and many years later they made a no filming at the at the Irvine Improv uh, right. rule. So whoever fucking took over management over there took my videos and said, "No, these are copyright of oh. Irvine Improv," and I said, "The fuck they are!" Right. And I and I fought them tooth and nail, and YouTube was like, "Why?" And I said, "Cause it's me." Right. And their response was, "There's no filming at the Irvine Improv." I said, "They let me film." They specifically gave me permission to film because I was on stage and it was like the, the graduation of, of this little class they used to run through the Irvine Improv from the Irvine Improv. Right. It was like, it was as legit as you can get without literally written permission. And I was just like, I can't. And nobody would respond to me. So it was like, all right, fuck it. They'll take shit down super quick, but to get it back up, you have to fight them on the other side of it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Fuck, there was a whole thing. That was a question I had before this whole rant about... Industry. Oh, oh, right. So um, if we were to, theoretically, if you were to make a cut, if you had that cut, you sound editing and blah, 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 notwithstanding... The look, I got, I, I got sound stuff here. I got some here. sound machines back here. We got look, a, I got, you see the hookup we got, I got here, okay? Right. I got studio reference monitors. I got a fucking... 12-track mixer, we're good. Uh, then uh, Sony would probably sue me, I guess. That's what I'm wondering. Would there be somebody who stepped yeah, I mean, into the Goon Squad and come out? Sony put that out, and they did really, they, the it, did, it did pretty well. I mean, it was prior to the DVD market really getting absorbed, and they sold it all over the world, and the producers probably made some money on it. It was just a nightmare of a, of a process. And it's kind it of you, you did you ever the benefits any of that money? Headache. Did you, no, did you ever see the movie Entropy with Stephen Dorff? I feel like I know it, but I don't know if I've ever it's seen a, it. it. It's a weird thing that it, it it's unfortunate for that film because it came out in like I want to say ninety eight or ninety nine, and it uh it aired you know it was in the theater not that long. Entropy e n e n okay entropy right um and I think it I was, probably have it was on home video it was on HBO blah right. blah blah things like this but it never went to DVD because it was just during that tra transition like what should we put on DVD first and like one oh of it was the early part of DVD yeah right. the very first breakout DVD hit was Austin Powers right. where it was like the first movie that did better on home video that did in the theaters in the history of I, uh, fucking I don't know whatever so it it for whatever reason nobody's ever put it on DVD which is unfortunate it's actually a good movie. And it's Steven Dorff as a director directing his first film, huh. and he, he moves to New York, and he just uh, finished writing it and everything else like this. He's got everything worked out. The studio's on board. Everybody's cool. And then he meets some girl, and they fall in love, but he's also working on this film. And just from the stress of the film, he gets into a fight with the girl who's right. like, I need to go off, and she's a model. I need to go work for a little while. So he's getting paranoid that his, he can't see his girl, and she's off modeling in France. And then, like, his movie is getting taken over by these fucking dickhead producers. Sure. So two parts of his life are just falling to chaos. And then he just says, fuck you to everybody. And and his life kind of goes to shit. But it's an interesting <laughs> film. It's an Sounds interesting like film. a Steven Dorff movie. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's actually really good. But it's like one of those, I don't know where you'd ever find it. 
but I'd be probably curious. Stephen Dorff's house. Had you seen it? Yeah. In the Had vault. you seen Dorf's it? Got to have a copy somewhere. We've got all kinds so. of copies. Yeah. Man, if he's got cuts. it on DVD, I want it. Right. I should fucking see if there's like a torrent for it. You might be able movie. to get it on net. Well, I guess if it's not a DVD, it might yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure it's one of those movies everybody just forgot about. But like, I thought it was good. Catch all now for all those kind of movies. I still have. I still have it on VHS, but I just fucking bootlegging. No, no, no. You it's a legit legging. cop, you legit legging. copy, legit boo- copy. Bought it from you know. the. I am, but this was a legit <laughs> copy. That's why I'm making a point of the fact. Anyway, I feel like it would probably you'd relate to it having gone through that. But oh yeah, sorry. no, my life definitely did go to shit. So is that is that like so so <laughs> did it? Oh yeah, no, I I took a beating from that whole from bottoms up. Yeah, I mean I'm sure that you, yeah. your name's attached. We're to here it. to clear your name. Yeah, you oh see yeah, that? no, this no, is it. this is what straight Riffin exists no, for. You know, it was it let wasn't, it be known. Riffalonians. It wasn't even so much that. It wasn't so much like oh I can't get another job in this town. It wasn't that. It was like I didn't really want to do it after that for a while. Like that was like I wasn't yeah. even sure if I wanted yeah. to keep going and keep sure, directing and sure. working in the business. That's why I took a break. I mean, I've always done that. I've kind of start and stopped a bunch of times, but it took me a while before I was like, okay, I think I really want to go back and do another film. You know, I talked to like other directors that are buddies of mine that are older that have done movies and they're like, you know, if you really want to do another movie, you'll go do another movie, yeah. you know? So um, you just kind of, you kind of got the, you kind of got some advice to just do it at your own pace. Yeah. Kind of I mean, so it was years before I, is that kind of what your project now that we've been talking about the one that you're, you're yeah. doing in Hawaii, is that kind of why you've taken it? Did you take your time writing the script I a little did, bit? I did. Because you're like, I'm not in a rush to get back into I this. I want to do it right. Right. Yeah. Make sure that any scene that gets cut. Because it's really, it I mean, it's, it's no bullshit. If you get the opportunity to have, to make a movie and have people pay for your movie and have actors show up and respond to your script and do the whole thing, it's got to be respected and it's got to be done right. You mm-hmm. know, I mm-hmm. mean, especially if you have control over it. That's the beauty of what I'm doing right now is that I've been putting together my guys and we're, you know, we have control over it and I don't have anybody coming in and, you know, hit me on the back of the head. When I was doing Bottoms Up, I was like a young kid and I was being run by a guy who was like, you know, he's done huge movies in this town. He's been sued for a lot of money. Just a real, real crazy guy. And it was like, I remember him just coming in and screaming at me like, you know, since I, before I even got started on the film. So you kind of got chaos. From the I beginning. hate the phrase you got to cut your teeth, but you got to cut your teeth because, you know, no one can teach you any of that stuff until you go and make the mistakes. Sure, sure. So. You know, but if you do get the opportunity, you gotta. I mean, I guess it's better. That, I mean, in the eighties, it would have been a fucking huge. It w- there's no indie. It was just like, right, right. Buy the well, movie, I- make it a huge blockbuster thing. Try to, yeah. And if it worked, you were you were Steven Spielberg and, and yeah. James Cameron. If well, it didn't, you were even, fucking you were that done. Guy. You were yeah, done. That's it. Like there's still some sorry indie, kid. You're hopefully you become a location town. scout. At yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's still, there's still yeah. a lot of indie from, after that. I feel like you you go from Spielberg and and George Lucas and those kind of guys to you hit that uh, well, Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez era where they're just doing their own movies with their own handhelds and stuff, and they were able to make their own movies. And so I yeah. So and so, but now a lot of that independence within yeah. cinema has been co-opted, and I think yeah. the best example is Sundance going from this actual independent film festival to this real corporate fundraiser kind of thing. What's well, a just, market exactly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so I guess and they got those your, wheat leaves that come up around everything. And as <laughs> as someone who's kind of you know been in the industry for a while, yeah. you've seen you've seen things from a lot of different perspectives, mm-hmm. and you've kind of reached a place, it seems like, where you're like, this is in my comfort zone. Yeah. I know what I want to do now. I know how I want to do it. Right. I know the way I want to do it. As a writer-director, you yeah. know, with that, that uh, kind of dual-edged sword, what would be your advice to someone who was looking to, you know, so a young person who kind of was in your position doing bottoms up, and mm. you could say they were trying to do a project similar to that where they had the same kind of script, same kind of idea, same kind of opportunity. What kind of advice would you give to someone like that to say, hey, listen, 
You are about to go right into the fucking eye of the storm. This is what you need to be prepared for. Well, I mean, you see, you mean in regards to in terms of like you were saying, like that are challenging. Well, just like you're a young writer director, you've got this great script and you've got a great opportunity, but it's going to be ripped to shreds in a lot of ways, and you're going to have to handle it. So, what, what, what what kind of thing would you sit down to put another way? What would you do different? I mean, well, recently I've you know, I mean, you know, now now I've you know, I was I grew up a very reactive kid and you know, kind of hot tempered and whatever else and 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 all that. But that's right, you got sent to summer camp. Right, I got sent to summer camp. Got that island blood. I got yeah, I got the (laughs) we are island people and that's what happens. But I think in anything having to do with uh, with any of that stuff, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's really a matter of uh, taking the emotion out of it and trying to keep focusing on it as being. Uh, job that you show up to every day and then really all you can do is hope for the best when you get in a position where producers are you know kicking the shit out of you and 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 telling you the way that you need it done they love to do that and they especially love to do that with young filmmakers who haven't had a shot yet you know they'll just be like oh well you're getting an opportunity to make a movie we're putting film in this camera and you know how often do people get to do that and they can do that to people Yeah, yeah you know i'll never put myself in that position ever again um, I just don't need to, you know, it's because they don't pay well enough to do that. Well, is it, know? It, this and is the, uh, to compensate for Yeah. I mean, if abuse. somebody, if somebody offered, yeah, if somebody offered me that kind of money to go through what I wanted again, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. You know, sure, I'd, sure. I'd rather go work construction and get that money for the same amount of time. You got some, you got right. some self-respect. Some yeah. Yeah. But as a kid, you don't know that. See, we're, we're so. in a, we're in a spoiled place, uh, just as a, as a, I would say as a culture, but but specifically Entertainment Teddy culture. and I, specifically in this point point in time where it's like, as comedians, I mean comedians classically, right. you write your fucking shit, you right. know. Like if I if I want to talk about my dick for twenty minutes, I'm talking about my dick for yeah, twenty minutes. Nobody gets to tell me. He's yeah. going to do that. He's going to do that. Thank you. I guess <laughs> that was a sarcastic thank you, and then I realized that sounded way too sincere. <laughs> Uh, so I had to take that back. <laughs> it was a very sarcastic. Go fuck yourself. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. no, Mitch, no, don't you dare. No, that's cool. Talk about raping, uh, robbing Asian no, babies. No, that's no, fine. No, don't you dare, Mitch. Talk about robbing Asian ladies of their Asian babies, and I'll talk about my dick for twenty it's, minutes. It's and very entertaining. We'll when you meet do in it. the middle. That's what anyway. Uh, so we have that uh, uh, independently of each other, but even still. <laughs> uh, but then together, obviously, we have like things like this podcast. You know what I mean? It's, and and it's, it's a thing where. Nobody has ever told myself or Teddy like, What's "Well, you can't, you can't post that." Yeah, yeah. Nobody's yeah. been like, "Oh, you got to let, let's take this chunk out of the podcast." Right. There's no editorial control, nothing. So we're spoiled in the regard that like we're so used to having our own canvas to just shit on, literally shit on if we wanted <laughs> yeah, to. Like yeah. if literally I was like, "Oh, you know what? You know what? You guys, you haven't seen me shit. You got to see me shit." Nobody can stop me, and it's going up. And that's it. And them's the rules. Well, and like the that's internet, going on in the podcast. Yeah, it's a totally new age. But uh, so which is, which is a plus and a minus. Which is the kind of thing where it's nice that people who would otherwise not have access by kissing ass and so on and so forth and playing the game as they call it to right. get to a certain level can now do that. Unfortunately, that literally means anybody can just do that. Yeah. And so there's a lot of noise. You know what I mean? There's there's a there's a billion YouTube channels and everybody yeah, thinks they're going to yeah. be the next guy who makes a million dollars or 20 million dollars or whatever the fuck. Right. And um, so it, it is difficult. And I and I'm kind of curious. And I think that I have to feel like right now and probably for the next eh, 10 years or so, producers are going to be the worst they've ever been mm. uh, simply because they can be like, listen, 
So anybody can like now. literally anybody can do what you're doing right now. Yeah. The only thing that makes you special is us. Yeah. So Gateway. we're gonna fuck you from behind. We've got the all access. Night long. Yeah. We've got yeah, the yeah, access so, to the bigger, golden, respected yeah, mega. So, 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 so you you had you had talked about prior to the podcast, prior to us actually airing, you had said like, "What's your goal? Like to make advertising dollars?" And 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 to answer your question now, uh, the goal is basically that sort of homemade clout. We're right. not we're not famous. Right, right. When you get to like podcasts that do well sure. on the iTunes, uh, if you look at the top iTunes, they're all uh, either famous comedians, famous celebrities, or they know a lot famous of famous authors. comedians, famous authors. They're all they all come from traditional media into this. Right. Or the other side of it is if you're if you have a gimmick, then you, that always works. Gimmicks always work. So if you take a show that doesn't, we don't have a gimmick. We're we're just being honest. We're just having a regular conversation. This is literally the same conversation we'd have if we weren't on the it's air. It's pretty much similar to what we were talking about before right. we started the show. Yeah, yeah. Literally before we so started we, the show, we had we had much the same conversation. More Heinekens and Svetka right. now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, several several <laughs> said Svetkas and three Heineken. and what are you 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 two in three? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we're good. Oh, there's more bottles. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're hitting them, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> so I can't count. And be like, okay, where are we at? Am I okay <laughs> to have another pin drink? Us down. Uh, so that's, that's, it's the difficult side of it. But, but what's nice is that if you build organically, if you build an audience from non-traditional media without having to answer those people, then you have this audience that brought themselves to you. And that's really difficult to, to lose. Yeah. And they're yeah. fucking dedicated. Well, yeah. I mean, you hopefully, I mean, that's what, you know, like in any creative thing, that's what carves you out, right? Is that when you're actually able to do what you instinctively want to do, and you're good at it and you turn a product out that people respond to, then you can tell every producer or whatever, again, go fuck themselves. Right? Sure. Because, Nobody tells Quentin Tarantino right, what to because, do. It's because yeah. he, you know, he, he made movies that were good and he got the opportunity to do it. And I, you know, I didn't really quite understand that at the, when I was able to get my first opportunity directing. And I really wasn't really that ready or prepared. I felt like when I had my first opportunity to direct and that kind of hurt me a lot too, at the same time, because I was like, I'm getting this golden opportunity. So few people would, you know, give their left nut and freaking do whatever they had to do in order to get this opportunity. Am I doing a good enough job with this? You know, even though it's a stupid little comedy, it was like the world to me because I was right, like 26, yeah, yeah. 27 but, years but old. That, but the problem is that but, like on the, on the flip side, uh, realistically, yeah. had you told them, hey, go fuck yourselves, your movie wouldn't have been made. I told them to go fuck themselves a few times while we were doing it. Sure. And, it was doing bottoms up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I did everything. I tried, you know, choking one of the producers in a sound session. I did all that shit. Again, I'm from an island. He's got right? the, he's got the he's got yeah, tip yeah, of blood, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, uh, and that's what I'm saying these days. What was it about? Really what was that sound session about that you popped off on that producer? Do you remember what that was? We were trying to finish. Yeah, you do. We, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> It was the same guy that I... I remember that when he's 80. I mean, yeah. There's no way you all remember that. Yeah, I, am, yeah. I am putting a... I really don't want to get into, board. like, the tough guy talk stuff. No, 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 no. It's the it's island the, talk now. It's the island talk. No, there was one guy in particular that, um, you know, I'd, he'd had it out for me the whole time, and he was doing everything he possibly could to make my experience, like, really just a nightmare. And, and uh, one night I snapped at him when we were doing a, a night shoot. Late night session? A, a night shoot, and he made my script supervisor cry, and I told him I was going to push his ass down a hill... <laughs> and it told me to sit in a corner, <laughs> and then, uh, and then when we when I when I tried, oh my to, god, it's on DVD now. Sorry, they changed the front cover. And but I don't ahead. think I've ever tried to ch I'm buying just for the right just for the I'm record. I don't think I've ever tried to choke anybody in my life. But this guy was actually trying to. Ch I think I. Did so he come at you first? 
I think I tried to lunge at him to try and choke him, and I've never that's never been like an instinct of mine to try and choke somebody. I don't know if I was trying to grab him by the neck or if I was trying to grab by the collar him. kind of thing. Like, I, just, I just wanted Let to grab him. Let me tell you something, him. motherfucker. Yeah, I just wanted you ain't gonna make nobody cry on my yeah, set. Yeah, I'll I just, kill your bitch ass. I just wanted to <laughs> grab him. <laughs> we were uh we were finishing up the movie. I'd already been with the guy for probably about two and a half years of crap. And, oh god! So uh, you he, really were ready to pop off. Yeah, and I, you know, and they were holding my money. They That's were like eight hundred days of rage. They man. were like, dude, I, at this point, I was living off of I don't know what, and they were holding my money, and they were doing less all than the ramen, and it, and it was just the worst experience you could imagine. And they, I had a post production supervisor who was the only guy who was really helping to make sure that this thing was being finished. And he was fi- he fired my post production supervisor when we were in a recording session to finish up the movie. Oh we were about God. a week or two away. Wow! So my you were, eyes are bulging out of yeah. my head. You haven't slept at all. I haven't slept. For, I don't know. If Red Bull yeah, existed, forever. you would have been killed. Right. So I just I just run up and start jumping at this guy, trying to grab him. And um, and I actually this is another you know adding on to it. I was at a bar. I was at Barney's Beanery three nights prior. And I was drinking quite a bit, and I got in a fight with two guys there. I don't fight that much. I, do, I only to, when you're filming this movie. Only apparently. when I had really <laughs> lost my mind. So I had a big ass black eye. I had a shiner, and I walked into this recording session with a shiner. This guy does this. I jump up and try and lunch at the guy and grab him. <laughs> and this old guy, this old sound guy's like, "I wouldn't fuck with him. Look at his face." <laughs> probably subconsciously like I'm gonna go fight some yeah, motherfuckers tonight just, so fight. then I'm gonna go fight this motherfucker yeah, yeah, two yeah. nights from I now I was gonna fight to my death at that point yeah. I was like I don't care so, you know it was like fucking street match death match whatever yeah, yeah it was uh, it was it was. I was at the end of my rope for sure at that's, that point that, I mean that's I mean I've gotta imagine though like just a, a, too much pressure after too everything young. like you've, you've described everything that's gone into this entire production you've got you go, you go to comedy it's a stupid little stoner but comedy but you know what it yeah. is though I feel like those are the things that make you you go insane more importantly because it yeah you know what in the grand scheme of things now you're like yeah it's just a stupid little stoner comedy right right but at the time that's your fucking blood sweat and tears yeah and when it's you're your first script right it's your first shot right and you're trying to do it right and you're trying to show respect and for you the know craft. and you know it's right at the point of your life where it's like if i don't do this what am i gonna do next right what like this is really a fork in the road i need to make moment. money what am i gonna do yeah. next? and if yeah. i if i nail this i know i can get my foot into the door for some right. much bigger opportunities because i was already getting hype and whatever else exactly and, and, me and now now like you got and then and then it's like all that abstract rage and frustration can all of a sudden get manifested into one little smarmy oh, no, I, motherfucker's face. Right, and I was still a punky kid. I mean, I've gotten a lot better now. I mean, this is seven, eight years ago, whatever, but I was still a punky kid, and I hung out with a lot of punky guys, and I was like, you want me to call up the boys and just sit outside? You the want me to call Cooksy right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to get that Terminator oh, blood in here, was, son? It was just like, it was just like, <laughs> you ever been slapped like, upside the head I mean, by a donkey was, lips? You know, I mean... <laughs> I was drawing upon what I knew as a kid, I guess. It was just, uh. Well, you go back to your instincts, you know? You, yeah. You try to I fight mean, for the thing days, that means the most to you. These days, I would, you know, I would just, I wouldn't put myself in that position. I'm going to go know? out to the parking lot and I'm going to cut all your tires. Right, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> I just wouldn't put myself in that position. I'd make sure I give the money up front. I'd, mm-hmm. whatever it was, but it was really, I put a lot on it, way more than I ever should have. You know, I mean, I can I can imagine too where you you so feel it's a big like down at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel like it's one of those situations where you you're very aware that a certain control of your opportunity is slipping away from yeah, you. Yeah, oh yeah, and, I knew I was done. 
And I think I think the three of us are all very similar in that way. Where right. we, like you know, if you if you if you have the chance to see the person who's taking that control away from you, right? You're you're gonna feel that like Bruce Banner raising yeah, yeah. your hands. You don't like, want to get in the way of your yeah, livelihood. You're gonna grab him yeah. by the fucking collar and be like, right. "Hey, the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Do you not know what this means?" Because with this guy, he had one. It was like one guy. It was like his ego was on the line. He had it out for me. Yeah. It was personal. It right. become personal because I'd probably snapped at him in front of you know. I and I'd you had blown. Wrong. You took a blow to. His, yeah, yeah, he took a blow so to his he stature. He was doing everything he could to just kind of make this movie shit. Is right. what it felt I'll like. show you, motherfucker. So, yeah, it was it, it was brutal, and I probably, you know, I, I would never put myself in that kind of position or handle it that way ever again. But, Sounds like you handled it pretty well. But, you know. Now, I like you, how you, I love how the old fucking sound guy was like, don't fuck with that guy. He's yeah, like yeah, smoking, no, he like was, taking yeah, a drag yeah, as he's yeah, like, yeah. Don't like look at his face. Guy. I want to fuck with that guy. <laughs> I had a big shiner. <laughs> Some guy laid me out. Are you at the Barney's in West I was, Hollywood? I was, was that Barney's one? Beanery, and, yeah. and some guy like budged into me, and I like went and took a swing at him, and his buddy cleaned me, and I was just like laid out, and I had a black eye, and then showed up at the sound mix the next day, and I'm like black eye trying to choke this guy in the sound. <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was a rough time. It was, it was that would be a rough few months of my life right there. Oh man, followed by many after that. That sounds like a great short by itself right there. Yeah, go uh, ahead and put that one. Together. Stupid kid stuff. <laughs> That's a great title. There you go. And now, uh, if you, you go through and you make the movie, you believe it, everybody believes it and whatever have you, but let's say producers or movie studios are like, we're just not sure. It doesn't have enough explosions or whatever have you. <laughs> are you, are you thinking like, well, here's how I would do an online distribution or a direct to consumer or straight to Netflix or whatever have you? Uh, well, the amount of money we have to make back to pay back these people, we can't, I mean, like, you know, I was just like, curious. yeah, no, I mean, but it, um, Fortunately, you know, because I'm partnering up with a guy that manages me to produce and our financiers have come through people that believe in the project and people that really responded to the project for what it is. People are giving me a lot of support, so I don't really feel like I'm going to be up against similar situations. Less resistance than you've encountered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a very uh, honest, homegrown, grassroots style movie with, you know, a a little bit of money, but on a relative, you know, compared to these days, I mean, what it is, but... It's um I'm just trying to do it as uh organically as possible and not, you know, put myself in that position again because I feel like as any filmmakers, um, unless you give a film and you know, and I, I plan to produce myself for years to come too. I mean it's something that I like to do and I feel like if you're gonna get behind a filmmaker, a director, a writer, director, whatever it is, give them their shot and support them. Yeah. Um, unless it's just something completely outlandish and you know, you know, that they're getting outside of themselves. Well, that's the difficulty that we face in this back to the, what we were talking about before in so far as like self production right. and the ease of doing so. I still believe in this sort of elitism and the gatekeeper in a right. sense, right. because you need to filter that noise somehow. Right. I don't, however, necessarily think that, um, the the old world style and i do think that it's a lot of that race to the bottom mm-hmm. uh lowest common denominator kind of stuff right but the difficulty is like where do you you, you need somehow to find people who go like who can look at a thing yeah whether they know about it or not or agree with it or not and go this is a good thing yeah. i don't i don't particularly whatever i don't like this show but i get it yeah i get how people could like this right you know what I mean? And and therein lies the difficulty that we're in literally like at this moment as a culture uh, from an entertainment standpoint is that, uh, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. Well, I think and, this is- and, and letting and, and giving exposure, filtering out the shitty noise. So so uh, sorry to cut you off, but okay. but just what you were saying a moment ago, 
getting behind and so on and so forth. Um, do you have a sort of hope to move on to a position where, or not even move on, but in addition to, I guess I should yeah. say, a position to where you can say, oh, uh, I got pitched this project by this group of people. I believe in what they're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna back it as well. Or I'm oh yeah, put my for sure. I mean that that's it. a big thing with me, and I'm you know that's what that's what draws me to producing as well as doing my own stuff that I write, you know, or direct or in the rest of it. But I like producing in the sense that I I I like that process. I I like when when you know I mean I don't when people come with a good yeah that'd be great thanks. Uh, when people come with a good project, it's a good project, but then it's a matter of, okay, I, I believe in people. I have a lot, you know, I've been really fortunate. I've been around LA a long time and I've let, I've met a lot of people that are bullshit. I've met a lot of people that are really talented and really creative. you seen LA through a lot of different phases yeah, I mean, too. Worthwhile artists that, you know, that I, that I, you know, I'm fortunate to call friends and I'm fortunate to call peers or colleagues or whatever you want to call them. And when I see friends of mine that are really talented, I love to back it up. Right. I don't know. I feel I don't know what it is, but I love like getting behind people. I think it's, yeah. really, I think it's that, that sense of being like, I part, you feel like you're part of what. Well, they, yeah. What and I think it's that sense there. of like, I, I, I get I get the rare opportunity to see something that I know can blossom into something great. It's not bullshit. Right. No. And it's something yeah. organic and yeah. it's something very genuine. Parenting kind of thing. And I, like, if, I just see this child grow. If I can give it just the right environment to nurture it. Because a lot of people deserve it. the shot. Right. If I can yeah. just give it the best environment to nurture it and, and the environment that I wasn't given. Right, Which right. is, I mean, all the like, right. stories. Yeah, stuff. I mean, what, what and you hope for And I think creative, that's yeah. I think that's a, definitely the thing that, that you know, uh, and I think that's something I, I can definitely relate to. I know, Mitch, you can too as well. Where, like, you, you feel that sense of, like, I didn't get the shots. Like, when I got my opportunities, I didn't feel like I was in a very nurturing environment. Right. I felt like I was up against a lot of resistance. Right. Not just resistance, but, like, people trying to tear me down. Exactly. And, if I, you, and yeah. if I can create the opposite of that for people that I respect, Respect yeah. and like, and whose work I admire, then I know that I could give them an amazing platform to do something great. Yeah, and, and when and when you give a talent, uh, you know, every all the tools that they need and the backup that they need, that's when they shine and they do great work. And everybody wins at that point. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just really um, I'm not somebody. You know, I'm I'm a creative person and I love the creative, but my ego doesn't really lie in that. Where like, I mean, I I, I respond to my friends' work. You know, like yeah, when yeah. I see them do good work. There's so many people that are bullshit. And that aren't, you know, that are just doing stuff or just are jumping onto some sort of trend or are riding some Though sort this of trend. Though this is what's hot like right that. now. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you see all that, but then when something really sticks out, when somebody's really got, you know, a voice or an eye or something like that, I mean, it's worth backing up, you know. It's, I, it's, it's worth putting it's, some skin in the game. Yeah, it's it's it similar. Is, you know? It's very similar in, 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 the, in the comedy world. It's, mm -hmm. you know. The the comedians that that are your your peers that you you go I really like their material you know whatever have you even if it's it's something you'd never personally do right uh, and vice versa there's a lot of that like you know over, over drinks like hey I love that new bit you did at the very end I'm thinking maybe instead of this word you say this they're not saying that uh, from a producer standpoint it's going to get them money they're right. not going you know what people lack is titties. They're going like, hey, I like this. Uh, I'm referencing Entropy once again. I know. I, There's a just, scene in Entropy. It's just, it's just entropy. people do like titties. They do. It they is do. It is I, the way that I, you sold it. Like, yeah. you really did slip I, into slimy producer that's what mode. I, do. I bet Eric had a flashback. I, I, when you were talking <laughs> yeah, about I'm like. I'm going to choke you out, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were talking about like Golden Palace and you mentioned the titties, I was thinking. Because in Entropy, there's there's a there's one of the one of the producer guys just in the movie. Showing them titties. Then he was you know, one of the producer guys goes. Uh, here's the problem. A leading lady, 
no tits. She doesn't show a tits. Where's the scene where she shows her tits? And he's right, like, right. I'm not. There's, it's it's got nothing to do with the she plot. He's a librarian. Yeah. So yeah. she she takes a couple Polaroids of her tits, and she writes a price tag on them and says, if they want to see my tits, take the black tape off and give it. It's a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what my tits are worth. Fuck them. Right. So anyway, uh, uh, when comedians, uh, fellow comedians, not like whatever. But as a as a fellow comedian, as friends, it's that again working with you. It's right. that like, oh, you know what might enhance that joke that that fixes your vibe just because I can hear it in my head and I feel like there was a misstep here. Yeah. They're helping you, and you're you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, what? good point. Well, it's the other thing. It's not with a comics, lot of like well, weird ego. If you're just if you're just hanging out with comics and you just guys you're just joking back and forth, and then you know someone says something very funny, you know, and then someone's like laughing, and you just go take that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I don't like I'm not that that bit doesn't work for me. I could never do that on stage. Yeah. But I know you could pull it off, and right. I know that you enjoy it. So take it right. and make it yeah. run. And I think that's the same kind of thing, comedy wise, where it's like, yeah, you know what? Like I, I I want to give you the thing that I know can give you the best possible chance to entertain people and to make an impact. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like in general that really the hard part today, and I think a lot of it comes down to so much of the internet and people blasting out so much stuff without really thinking it. Are honing anything, or sanding anything, and making things specific. I think that like that's part of the thing that we're up against right now is because there's so many outlets, people just throw a bunch of shit up against the wall and yep. see what sticks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think when anybody's like really good at what they do and they have this proper support and they're able to get in there and know that it's not worth doing unless it's ready and it's yeah. not worth doing. I mean, and that's how I feel about film. That's why I took, I felt like I spent so much time on what I've been working on is because if you're going to get all these people out there, you can spend all this time trying to raise money, do whatever you get all these people there working and doing whatever they can. You're going to capture it on something that's going to be around for perpetuity reasons or whatever the, the whole nine, you better make it as best as you possibly right. can. Yeah, yeah. So I respect people that grind period, because I feel like these days, there's so many people that don't grind. They just put it through for the sake of getting it out. And that's what a lot of this town in so many ways are. Especially this, this age where you and can it's just hard. whatever. It's so hard too now because like any of the good stuff is getting buried with all the, the, the shit that people are just, you know, it's, throwing out there. You it's know? that, it's that, it's that, uh, it's, I've heard a lot of people kind of phrase it as everyone now has access to the microphone, but not everyone has earned the right to step right, up. Exactly. And it's that sense of, you know, and it, and like a lot of people kind of be like, well, what do you mean everyone hasn't earned the right? And it's a sense of you haven't fucking found out what the fuck you're doing yet. Yeah. You're just yeah, stepping yeah. up to the microphone and just spitting out Flirting booty chatter. Shit. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and like, and like there, and it used to be. And when it's you, a Facebook Twitter culture that allows for Right. A lot and of yeah, that you stuff, can, you, know? you can overshare if you want to, but right. the, the people who are doing it in the, and it's not, you don't want to say the right way, but the people who are doing it in the fashion that means something. Right. And the fashion that has longevity. Yeah. And that can exist for a while. When they step up to the microphone, they have already spent the time figuring out what they're going to say. They're not just getting up there and getting all excited like, oh, yeah, I get to say some shit yeah. now. You know, like, I know what I'm going to say, and I'm gone. Good day. Well, that's why these days when something's good, I feel it's really good. Right. You know, in because, comparison to other stuff. Yeah. I mean, something really sticks, sticks out, out now. Yeah, yeah. You can see the depth of the creation. Right. You can see the difference between someone who was like, I know you put in But work. it's kind of sad that everything is really good now just because so much stuff's out there. I mean, things that are good are really good because there's so much shit out there. But I mean, I think this is one of those things, too, where it's like you came up in a, a very different era of the entertainment industry. Yeah. And so I, I am always curious for those type of individuals, uh, in this, this Twitter, Facebook, you know, yeah. Tumblr kind of culture or whatever. 
I feel like, did you feel like that same kind of dynamic would have existed if the same technology was available in that era where everyone would be like, fuck it, I'm just sharing everything? Or do you think that there was a more, like in the industry, there was a sense of like, no, I'm going to like, I'm not, I don't want to put everything out there now. Do you know? No, I feel like back, I mean, you know, I think that, that's where we're coming from. I mean, if you were to look back in the seventies where they were making, you know, story driven movies and all the way through the nineties where studios are making story driven movies, mm-hmm. people sat down and they had a lot of meetings and they honed exactly what they wanted. A narrative. Yeah. And yeah. they got it specifically the way that they needed it and, and got it done. They weren't looking at timelines that were linked into advertising and blasts and things kind of like, like the pixar model and i feel it, like it really it's 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 Until taken, fucking disney I mean, bottom it, it's the add thing that's really taken us away from a lot of stories cars too fuck you but i um yeah i don't know man i mean with me i it's it is it's kind of you know to some degree trying to stick towards those old lines of the whole thing i mean you you i think that any of us uh, we try to give homage for i guess lack of a better phrase to the generation in front of us that inspired us in order to try and you know bring whatever little pieces of things that we picked up from growing up upon Mm -hmm. watching those people's art you know i think that that's that's the case i'm just worried about these kids right now that a lot of them are i'm not worried about them i could really give a shit i'm worried about all well i mean but no but i'm saying souls baby (laughs) but you know i mean you got these actors you got all these actors now i mean they you know they wake up in the morning they got you know they're 20 some odd years old they got five hundred thousand, you know uh twitter followers and they're buying their own press you know they don't know they they just figure that they're you know they're not they don't they don't really know what they're doing i can't figure out if it's like a good thing or a bad thing because it's like, uh, if I had 500,000 Twitter followers, on the one hand, when I want to promote something, awesome. Right. On the other hand, when I'm drunk, not awesome. Yeah, but I guess it's a th- I guess it's a thing though, right? Like, <laughs> like that happens. But again, that's well, it goes back sword, to the point where it's like if you if twenty years ago if you were drunk and Twitter existed, well, ten and, years ago with a lot of the guys that I knew that were like you know kind of coming up as actors, ground and, like, floor kind of thing, getting some fame and whatever, they weren't buying their own press because they do it like a magazine interview and they know it's out there and a few people see it. Now these people are doing stuff and they're getting instant response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're getting people waking up every morning from freaking Norway telling them how great they are. You know, it's just. Well, I, and, actually, the, and, the, and the bubble has expanded in terms of who just, you can reach. Yeah, exactly. Inter- interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, to your point, I literally saw this last night, and I thought I'll have to bring this up on. Uh, I'll have to bring this up on on tomorrow's podcast. There was a, there's a site that I visit called Metafilter, and it's it's sort of just people talking about things on the web. Um, anyway, uh, an article uh, or one of the posts last night was about some show on Nickelodeon right. called The Legend of Kara or Cora. K O R R A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard of this? Yeah, I've heard of this. See, I don't know anything about any of this shit. I've never heard of this before. Sure. It's but uh, I can't believe from the Avatar. It's. Uh, I don't mean like a. Ad- this is an adult, and I don't mean pornographic. Avatar, but I'm saying like adults hang out here. This is not. This is not like a kids site. Right. And yet there's uh 115 comments of people just praising the fuck out of this show that's huh. on Nickelodeon that aren't. 15. It says it says the season finale of the Legend of Korra is upon us, airing in the United States tomorrow. Nickelodeon, and it's all this stuff. The Wall Street Journal did an article about sure. it. So, in a sense, if if there was a solution shorts today, there'd be Tumblers, there'd be a fan community, there'd be Facebook pages. Well, there is still those right? kind of things. It's I weird. feel like, and that's kind of I'd what... be going out with Selena Gomez. <laughs> right. 
or Clarissa. Right. <laughs> Up top. Come on. Selena Gomez. All right. And, I don't get a. Don't get uh, no, you got the air five. You got right. the, well, but I guess I guess that's okay. kind of a thing now too. It's like <laughs> where you, like you, you you do kind of you kind but, of exist. Uh, I, I do also on as a quick side note in respect to what you were saying about giving people a chance and things like this. Say you had some clout and somebody came to you with salute your shorts uh, today. Would you be like mm, that's never going to work? Or did you feel like? Even <laughs> looking like back, to, do you to feel me like, to like produce? Uh, what I'm saying is, as an adult looking back, do you go, "Yeah, it was a good show," or do you go, "Oh no, uh, it was a great fucking... show." I okay. think that I mean, it was for what it was. It was very cutting. If edge. you had the ability to green light or fucking blacklist that show today, oh no, I mean, I don't know if that show fits today, but for what it was in the '90s back then, it was a single camera show that Propaganda Films produced. They it's had true, a bunch of no, hip young directors. Yeah, yeah. It was like right. very edgy, and it was it was, it was cool, based you know? off a book, which I I just. Yeah. Kind of yeah. I was book. I was yeah. actually I remember an episode and and I didn't cheat and watch it again last night so sure. so my 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 memory of it might be I did. might be right. fucked so right. okay by all means <laughs> I remember an episode that was you and Redhead and uh <laughs> you guys had gotten into like a fist fight or whatever and the camp counselor locked you in the doing, infirmary yeah you right. they locked you in a yeah, cabin yeah. Right. and he made me a wuss hat. Yeah. 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 And you, you guys put that? together and you guys put together a puzzle together. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. But but he flipped it's, it upside down, right? Right, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought like at the time I thought that it was an interesting thing because like he he sort of I think it was his character, maybe it was your character, and I again I apologize if I'm forgetting this wrong. It was somebody who was like they had a shit ass home life and that's why they were a dick. That'd be the redhead. Okay. Cooksy. Shit, but, <laughs> Cooksy, yeah. No like, shout out to Danny Cooksy. <laughs> but like the only Mitch, thing he got the shout outs down right now. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. only thing he had going for him was that like the like in his shitty home to escape reality he'd put together puzzles. <laughs> puzzles, yeah. And he got so <laughs> yeah, good at it exactly. that he put yeah, them yeah. together. No. He put them together upside down with right, no pictures right. and then he'd flip it at yeah, the end slavkin was thinking he, yeah. he laid down he laid down a character's backstory sometimes i don't think today you'd have well, a no, character slavkin was a, slavkin is a talent he, i don't he, think and he wrote I don't his think, book and then he got it made into a TV i don't show. think that you'd have today a kid's show where a guy's like yeah my dad's a drunk and he beats me <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. My escape is putting together puzzles. I don't think you'd have that and today. That's my, and I like the honesty. That's with that. my question. Dealt with that. themes. Yeah. I, th I think that's yeah. my question to you. Is is kind of you? You are you are straddling a very interesting line. I feel like as as a you're now a you know, writer and a director, and right. you're in the ability to sort of create your own projects. But you also exist in a culture now where uh, you know there's a, a, a slew, great deal of nostalgia a, a slew of kind of a great appreciation for newfound kind of cult classics I guess in a sense right. and I feel like Salute Your Just Shorts I feel like Salute back, Your yeah. Shorts has kind of always held a very special place in a large Dude, part of people's Teddy, hearts Teddy got a text before we started the show of like oh my god Salute Your Shorts oh no people get excited yeah. about it I got a few it. comments and, and, tonight yeah. on Facebook but you know what like, they just oh recently started to get excited about it because they started re-airing it Right, and they've been a resurgence. I've been interviewed. Like there have been phases where Nickelodeon will kind of air it, where like they make a new Nick channel and they start to air Salute Your Shorts more. But it's kind of like oh, it's been about ten years, I think, before they've aired since they've aired it. Yeah, until recently. And so it's 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 but it's taken on a greater appreciation. I feel like, and I feel like, and it it kind of goes to Mitch's point where like people who you know grew up watching that show, you kind of look at children's shows now or teen shows now, and you you see a a very superficial. Uh, kind of 
depiction of life. Well, and it doesn't have the same kind of depth. And I guess my question yeah, no, is it's like, a good point. It's a cult, it's, you're, yeah, like, yeah. what is it to like you? You, you are part music. of a cult no, classic. But I think, I it's think a modern he, cult I think classic. T- I think he's hitting on a good point because I feel like right now a lot of that stuff is. I mean, like you were saying, it, it was Slavkin was in there. He was dealing with themes. It was kind of edgy. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. serious and adolescence. Kids. It was. It was very hip. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a very hip show for the time. Sure, it was sure. extremely hip, and the people that were making because it, it was propaganda films, and they and the whole nine was was very hip. Now I feel like stuff's just so like flat. commercialized. It's saccharine. Commercialized. It's almost saccharine. gone backwards. I mean, it's yeah, almost yeah. like that. Those are the TV shows they would have been making in the in like the late in the sixties. Yeah, right. Where it's like, huh, you yeah. know what? Right. I enjoy raising my kid, but I need know, a lucky strike. I mean, I'm not going to get into day. politics or any of that kind of stuff because I hate to talk about it, especially when I'm sitting here having a few beers. But it's it, it, but it is that. kind of a you know it's a little bit of a concern. Says the guy who he'll he'll quote politics in his sleep. He could tell you the history of presidents. <laughs> Let him if, finish his point, if you sir. Hit him with a Let him with finish a bat, his point, sir. Wake up and tell you all it, the presidents. It is a little this bit of a conservative right wing thing, I think, to a degree. It could be a lot of it having to do with the sponsors. leave it to Beaver kind of thing, you so know, sponsors kind of thing. And in the nineties. It was just started. There was a whole new wave of uh, of cool that was coming out of the late eighties. I felt. Well, you know what I feel yeah. like. I feel like okay, it was lost because I, I have like, a I have a theory of my own. I feel like to kind of piggyback off of of what you're saying. I feel like uh, the the early nineties and that that the early to mid nineties was yeah. a very edgy time in TV, yeah. and I feel like it's kind of been forgotten because you had adolescent shows like salute your shorts which really dealt with real life adolescent problems like my right. parents are terrible and i'm at a fucking summer camp and i have no one i got a bond with these kids and then you take a show like melrose place which had you know like a black female who was very like very aggressive and they had a gay character right. and like they got erased the fuck well, out very we were quickly. we were the same production company as 90210 at the time and i feel like and yeah, i feel yeah. like you look at the and parker you, lewis can't lose right. and you all, look you know, at that, that time and yeah. it was a very very progressive time in yeah, terms of yeah. what was being presented culturally and somewhere along the way it just got ratcheted back very hard yeah here's here's my theory on that um my theory is uh being a child of the 80s if you will uh i think that parents shout out to trickle down (laughs) i think that my parents at the time were thinking back to when they were a kid there was nothing on tv they couldn't watch there was no fuck right. shit cock there was no sex was all black and white Ple- yeah pleasantville pleasantville right there yeah. was just it was everything was clean and serene and saccharine it was everything was just it's white. fine right so i think that my parents and parents of that same era were all just like whatever watch tv who gives a shit right but then uh, around the uh, at some point we got 500 fucking channels, uh, and I remember yeah, actually we got, we got things like the V chip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm V-chip talking about like I can literally remember a I remember on the Beavis and Butthead Experience CD where uh there's a there's a skit they do of Beavis and Butthead where they talk about you know I heard that soon TV will have 500 channels, and Beavis says yeah it'd be great if one of those channels didn't suck. <laughs> And now, mind you, this is nineteen. This is like nineteen ninety three, ninety four. Yeah. It was. It was like so. And I don't remember the day that they pulled the switch. All I know is that one day I had you know twenty, thirty channels, whatever. And then one day I had fucking. I can't. Stand I think we're at a thousand channels. Now. I can't. I don't it's know where. Rid- don't and there's know. never anything on. First of all, but the last like two channels. You got to make channels. a list okay. of what you do. Sorry, the ones five hundred channels and two of them are black. <laughs> To the last two are black. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, so before you get into premiums and HDs and the pay-per-views, 
So uh, I think that uh, you 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 have this uh, this abundance of entertainment, and also uh, those kids from the '80s, myself included. Uh, many of them have had kids in that time, and uh, are like actually there was some slightly adult themes that nobody was paying attention to because they thought oh, there was oh, a lot of them. Even whatever, like Wonder right? Years had a lot of adult. Wonder themes. Years right. was you know, very cutting edge, exactly. Yeah. But I think that nobody expected it at the time, and so it just slipped under. But and I also, now like yeah. as an adult, people grew up and went, "Wait a minute, wait what a happened? Minute. We need to pay attention to this shit in because you've we got were, we so were much around shit." A lot in the eighties. When right. you think yeah, yeah. about it, I mean, we grew up in a time. Did where, you? If you watch, I mean, if, I was drinking beer at 15, 16 years old, and like whatever else. Fast, kids, fast times know, at Ridgemont I mean, High. And then we moved into the 90s. We were all smoking weed. We were doing whatever else. Fast, real fast quick times pace. at Ridgemont yeah, High. Fast Nowadays, times at Ridgemont High was a PG-13 film. Right. Today would be NC-17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You've got, you got talks about like teenagers talking about abortions, rape. There's uh, Phoebe Cates gets naked by the pool while well, think, Judge, what's his name, fucking jerks off think, in the bathroom. I think even more. That's not, that would not happen today. You well, could I not think, get away with that, calling that a teen movie yeah, today. I think even I more, think. I think even more specifically than that, if you, if you kind of focus on Nickelodeon as kind of the, the crux of a, of a sure, representative, sure. you, you go from this era of, of having shows like Hey Dude, Clarissa Explains It All, who the uh, uh, creator... I still want to explain it all to Clarissa. <laughs> okay. Clarissa, but, if you listen but, but the fun fact is the, the, the creator of Clarissa Explains It All is also the author of the Hunger Games trilogy. Did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. And that's a very dystopian... <laughs> I needed a laugh. It was so good. I love that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trip you up. Go on with no, your that was I perfect. just thought you were like, one fact. Yeah, it was perfect. Like, was perfect. Like, <laughs> like in the middle of a serious political discussion, you go, here's a fun size Snicker bar. All right, back to my point. Like, wait, what? What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> that was fun, fun fact. But I, I think it's... <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I bottled that laugh up uh, for two hours. But now. no, I think it's I think it's that kind of thing that you're talking about, where like you go from this era with "Hey, dude" and "Salute Your Shorts," where you've got this. Even the title of it is a very uh, layered thing, where they run the prank and they put the flag, the shorts <laughs> sure, on the flag. Sure. And you, 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 Nobody Jesus. would allow that you know, today. Like, I think. I, oh, is this what happens under Obama's America? Nobody yeah, right? salutes a flag anymore. But like you've got nuance, and you've got. <laughs> I'm, you've I'm got, 35 years old, sitting here talking <laughs> about the nuance of "Salute Your Shorts." <laughs> But you've got. Like, I'm ready to move on when <laughs> you're ready because I got a. I got one article I want to get okay, to. Here's the lesson. So whenever guess, you're done, I guess what I say is like you. You go from like if you just take Nickelodeon as a ta- as a case study. You, sure, you go from sure. like Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats as a cartoon, which was like very nuanced, or whatever, and all these shows, and then now you've got like SpongeBob, which is like yeah, adults like it, but like it's just a silly ass show. You I'm given I mean? to understand he lives under the sea. Yeah, and he's SpongeBob okay. SquarePants. But I, and I guess that's the thing where it's like if you were a kid watching like some like Pete and Pete, and now you're watching Nickelodeon, you're like right. fuck, it's going on with this network now this yeah, is all just yeah. frivolous bullshit so right yeah, i guess yeah. that's the thing i i literally my exposure to children's te- television is that uh visiting my nieces in phoenix that are um they're now i think 13 and 12 and 13 years old um but watching them grow up to like nickelodeon and disney channel and i was i watched the show and i'm like i still do not understand H- hannah montana at all I'm given to understand I'm going to get this wrong and probably get some angry emails and fuck those people because they're creepy pedophiles. But huh. I'm given to understand it's something like 
Hannah Montana is a normal person, but Miley Cyrus is her like alter ego that's famous. It's like a real life duality kind of thing, where, like, right? She and and know, yes, but, uh... it's sort of like Superman, but as a girl who's yes, a pop star. And like I'm that. like, which is not really. It's like she doesn't even put on glasses; she just wears her hair slightly different. Yes, which fuck you. I'm not that stupid, and I'm kind of offended that you would raise my nieces that stupid. But l- l- let's move on. Let's see. I, I do we'll, want. I do. There's one article out. I want to get to. Let's close out. Here. One article I want to get to that I'm fascinated by this idea. There's a Dutch startup that's hoping to fund the Mars mission with a reality TV show, and oh, here's the idea: not just a reality TV show of people going to Mars, which sounds like an awesome idea. This is people who are okay with never coming That's back. That's what I was going to say. They, yeah. they, they're not coming back. You're, you're not they coming back. They got my vote. So <laughs> send, the whole, so, <laughs> send the whole production team up there and a couple of the network executives. Can we get the Kardashians to Can go to Mars? I, yeah, well, I know uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, couple yeah. people that I choked out back uh, yeah, in the, a couple of decades yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Is On the one hand, uh, this is where I take issue with people committing suicide because they go, hey, it's so selfish. <laughs> not because of your family. Fuck them. They might be assholes. But we knew it's it was selfish. Coming. It's selfish because uh, there's so many cool things you could do with a live human body ready to die. Right. All right. One of them go to Mars. This is just okay? the start of it, right here. Yeah. Like if, this if, is how it all pops up. If, yeah. if 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 you're like, look, I want to die. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Don't kill yourself yet. You're ready to die. I got some things I want you to try. <laughs> For instance, the Large Hadron Collider. Nobody knows what would happen if a human jumped in there. They've speculated, but nobody knows. I want to know. Jumped in where? The Large Hadron Collider in uh, in Sweden. Yeah, they're Sweden? trying to they're trying to find the God particle. In yeah, yeah, the Large Hadron. Right. It's it's the largest particle accelerator in Try history to recreate of the Big all Bang, time. Like right, right. Yeah, and nobody knows what happened if a human jumped in there. Now, if you're ready to die, put a human in there. If they if they sign the a thing, yeah, let me die. So so this is another example. Okay, if you're ready to die, instead of killing so yourself, what are the particulars? Let me go to Mars. Let me watch you go to Mars on a reality. Now I wouldn't ever watch it because the problem is that I'd get attached to the characters, and you, you know like how the show ends. And the show ends with them. Hey, it's Mars. Then they're incinerated. We're all gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, well, they I mean, make it to Mars. That's probably pretty. They could. Trip. They could. They could live. Let's say they live for two, three years. So now on, what? But what you is... can't ever come back. It's gonna take you thirty years to get there. No, no one's coming back. We know this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not seven years. I think it's. Um, I like how they call them ambassadors. Uh, I guess it <laughs> takes. You are not uh, an ambassador to a place that has no one versus else. idiots. <laughs> 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 We're gonna put ambassadors versus idiots on the board <laughs> as a final cap of the show. Uh, uh, let's see. Is it? It's it's the logistics of a one way trip. They're saying it doesn't preclude the possibility that we might be able to get them back because it, it, it theoretically, <laughs> it, theoretically. What about the camera operator? Is what yeah, I want. Right? Well, no, you could do enough with just like you know. Come on, we've all seen right. Cash Cab. So uh, there's going to be one handheld camera operator in that fucking flight. Yeah, we know this for some, a fact. Some guy. There's gonna have to be like a, a like a unit production manager. There's there one dude in there. I think we know this. Mix. It's yeah. it, well, the idea Somebody's is first the off, team. they Somebody's need to the, watch the kids. First right? off, they <laughs> they need the money to get out. The shortest straw they in the world. They will the, draw the money to get out tomorrow. So they were gonna do a pre-reality show, which is sort of like an American Idol where and people and then they're expecting compete. to raise three hundred million dollars in order to get to right? the, get to the season. I mean, jeez. How much well, money don't are these protect, guys getting? Wait, wait. I mean, what is it? A billion dollars? How much does it cost to get to Mars? In Dutch let, money. Let me ask you on a let me ask you on a, on a personal human level. You found out that that on Friday, this Friday, at let's say four or five o'clock, at you know, it's not getting in the way of your plans. What what, what doesn't get in the way of plans? Seven. Someone's o'clock? going to Mars. 
You're gonna watch. People. I'm gonna watch it. Everybody, you're gonna, gonna watch, watch it. You're gonna watch four people leave Earth Wednesday and, night, man. And never no one puts good TV on Friday. That's four I don't know. That's, that's four I don't know what the good sure. time is for TV. It damn sure ain't Friday. Okay, no, you're right. That can make some money. I'm not okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm just saying, you you find out that Wednesday at whatever o'clock. Whatever, what's prime Eight time? o'clock on Fox. Is that right? Is it eight o'clock? Prime I don't o'clock know. Or... I think Wednesday, eight o'clock Fox. Okay. Here we go. I don't know what prime time is, so let's, let's go. go with that. Uh, I don't know seasons or prime Eric's time. producing. Yeah, I got you. He's sitting down. I'm doing good. <laughs> Eric MacArthur. <laughs> Eric MacArthur He's got presents. got no shiners. A couple yeah, of people. No <laughs> Four motherfuckers. I didn't even mean that. I meant like I you know. as a human, uh, you find out that you can watch live. Four people leave the earth forever. Oh, yeah. You're going to watch that. Sure. You're, you're, you're going to stay through the, the yeah. 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 You're going to stay through all the commercials. Advertising rates are going to be a bananas. single minute of these fucking people and their journey. Now well, maybe I mean, you might. The so, so if you get if you get everyone on Earth, put it, we could digitally create that shit and put it in a soundstage in North Hollywood, and no one know the fucking difference. Ah, right? uh, no, but you Sounds wouldn't. Like maybe someone's got a pilot you... up his sleeves. But but what you'd be but you'd be most curious about is how would real actual humans survive it filmed in real time let's say because they don't have time to fucking get a camera operator let's just do a camera there's probably some editing sure but four people on a one way trip four fucking people on a one way trip to a planet not of this earth uh and you're gonna watch it like you'd tune in like you'd be like I gotta see this sure and I feel like the whole planet might do that now. That's a money. Three hundred million dollars is not that much when you talk about the whole planet. Except for the fact that I am reading the article <laughs> and it says six billion dollars. Is that what they're asking for? It says I'm sure. Six I'm still, sure even with the yeah. simplified logistics of a one-way trip, the Mars One project will still carry. He said three hundred million. I said three hundred million is no problem. Billion six dollars is easy. Three hundred million. Then I went to the billions after that. Six billion dollars easy. That's, that's, that's one dollar. Could you re- right. if you okay, Eric? I am bringing you this idea. You're a network executive. Six billion to make how much? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you whoa. taking it? You're, 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 if you buy, if you do a media buyout, right? And you're like, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of companies that have a lot of money, uh, that kind of money. Exxon, uh, Apple, uh, maybe Pepsi and Coke. You never know. But the point Apple's is, six like, if you got, if, if Apple's like, we're going to give them all laptops so they can communicate from fucking wherever the fuck. <laughs> right, right. If they did a media <laughs> that buyout, point, you're tattooing that's Apple worth across their forehead. Golden Palace presents. Worth, yeah, worth <laughs> every fucking penny. The entire world is watching people leave the earth for the it's last time. It's just a matter time. of, like, uh, getting somebody to and do the a, possibility, a cash flow chart on the six billion dollars. The best part, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, part the, the, the initial they buy-in. They don't break the atmosphere. The best part is they say, like, there's a possibility. Might come back. They're just like ping. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the possibility they might come back is enticing. That's what keeps you around for second season. That's Ain't nobody coming about. back. Ain't nobody coming back. Yeah, okay? but what are they going to do? They're going to put them in a spaceship, get them up to Mars, and then they're going to land, right? Yeah. And then they're not going to get out of the damn thing. Okay, you think they're just going to hang out there? What do you think? It's so ridiculous. I can't believe I'm actually thinking The selection process begins in 2012. That's what I was saying. You didn't let me finish it earlier, but go ahead. 40 people take place in a rigid decade-long training program. You're going to do 10 years? You're going to do 10 years? That's what they're talking about. Ten year training program. They want a ten year reality show, and then and then ten years for them to go to Mars. Ten years to take it to Mars. So you got twenty years locked. The reality show should be about. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like what's interesting is this. But that's what they're talking about. Yeah, this article came out the same week as people were just talking about the these same Dutch people that weren't producers, but just a Dutch bunch of scientists that were like, who would who would 
sign up to just not come back? Who would do a one-way trip? And then I think some producers were like, hey, I got an idea. What if we filmed the shit? Now, I'm not talking about this article. I, I am, but I mean, in a roundabout way, I'm more talking about, like, would you watch a reality show of people who sure. are leaving the earth forever. Yes. Would you watch them on the... Because I don't know. I, yeah. I don't watch reality shows in general. I don't either, but, but I'd watch but that one. Just to see what... Ha- I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, anything having to do with sending people to space, I'll watch obviously it. Obviously, you'd watch the, the launch. Right. And you'd watch the landing. I tune in every... I would tune in every episode for people on Mars. You got, yeah, yeah, You yeah. got my attention. I've, the I, launch and the and landing is all I need. Day. Everything else can go to hell. Right, right. Right, no. I mean, no, I'm sure... But how could you not make $6 billion with that? As I guess what I'm thinking. But the yeah yeah the the lean up the ten year training program leading up to that eh, eh I wouldn't watch that. There's no way I'd watch right? that. That's no stupid. Way. No, no, it's, it's falling apart. Why do they need ten years? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Look, it's a bunch of rocks. I send would them, watch it if send, it was three months, and then send you send them, some motherfuckers tomorrow. Send them, yeah, what, we're gonna watch ten years of them having like problems with each other, like any other. Yeah, reality. yeah. It, it would be like real world. Like, basically. Send them, I don't really send them to the Yuma Mountains, the front seat, send them to the superstition mountains of Arizona. You always get the yeah, train like a, on the Red Rocks, bitch. Who can hold their breath longer? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, who can who, who can hold their piss longer? And like you, know, you send them to the superstition mountains in Arizona for like a week. One Tree Hill was that's that's the entirety of what they're gonna see on Mars is like a couple of rocks. So send them to the Superstition Mountains for like a week I'll and be this. like, can you can you save yourself from that? And you're good. And, and then point, let's, let's I will vote. say this. American yeah. Idol is not all just about picking the initial contestants. Listen, if a show like One Tree Hill can exist for nine seasons, I feel like a uh, a Mars mission can list for a decade. Is One Tree Hill still on? It there? just ended. Oh, they finished it just ended. And uh, yeah, it went nine seasons long. I With know Chad this. Michael Murray? Not even in the last two seasons. Oh, okay, I they, know this did they, because did they get up to nine trees on uh, me, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I hate you, Mitch. Me and my lady just plowed through One Tree Hill on Netflix. Uh, she wanted to watch that. Really? So I, I am a, a thorough <coughs> aficionado out of One Tree Hill. Wow. Don't you dare say nothing. This is some bullshit. Hey. Don't you dare say nothing. Hey. Okay? Hey. Some bullshit. I have to study the opposition. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I'm offended by this whole thing. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta sit through whatever they want to watch. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, even if it's but look, five, it's man, five seasons. Like, of- it's one I don't of those have things. a girlfriend. This I couldn't. I'd be like, no, what? Like, you know what, honey? You watch um, a show like that, you're beautiful and, and shit. Quiet. But like, it's fuck kind, you. It's kind of like oh this. God, what you were know. saying earlier, where you like, they just start throwing out ideas. Where yeah. like, this motherfucker dies and this person dies too. And you're like, One Tree Hill is a perfect example of yeah. everything that's wrong with TV because like. The fucking main character. And you watch nine seasons of it? Well, eight well, seasons. Nine opera, season isn't right? on Netflix. I mean, it's very soap opera. It is total just gross soap opera. You are opera. so yeah. off camera. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. But, soap opera. But it, it's uh, this thing where, like, you get rid of the main characters. I'm, like, cranking and your mic you got, like, you got, like, the hit theme song, which is, like, a hit top pop song from Gavin McGraw or whatever. And, like, you get rid of that shit. And, like, you just, you just, like, it's just, like, it's just everything that's wrong about TV. Where it's, right. like, this shit should have ended, like, seven seasons ago. Right, you know what right. I mean? So, like, it should have been on for two seasons so, like, instead of nine. Just to kind Did of bring it together. a new tree on the hill. No, motherfucker. They burned the hills to the ground. Uh, why would you watch this horrible I shit? Am a this is why I'm a terrorist. I couldn't do it. I'd be uh, like, you know what? We're breaking up. Uh, if you, if you uh, go past third season. Sorry for having love in my it's heart. It's done. But this is, I guess, my point. And it's like, listen, I would be very skeptical. About this plan, if I had not just watched eight seasons of One Tree Hill and known that it was a thing, right, right, you're saying that you could potentially watch ten episodes I'm not, of, not of me. people, right? I mean, ten seasons. <laughs> not says me. the you, guy who watched you know, eight seasons of One Tree Hill. Bitch, I watched it after it was off there. But there are uh-huh. people out there that could watch ten seasons. Somebody of people getting ready to go to Mars. Somebody keeps the CW. Mar- on Do it. I need to say it again? Going to Mars. <laughs> going to Mars. <laughs> I would watch it if they were actually going to Mars, but the training now. 
No. And, and by We're the way, training to go tomorrow. By the way, you got to be prepared for the next no. ten years, Mitch. You by the way, you can't right. miss the first ten years. Right. There is there is no Come chance. On. Ten in years hell. of training to go to Mars. You do not need ten years of training to go. No, to Mars. I think NASA might do with you. You need ten yeah, months. Ten months. I want tops. Eric. I want Eric tops. to produce this show. Yeah. Yeah. No, get, like seriously. Get the Dutch on the I can phone do it. Right we can now. do it at a price, not six million. Seventy-five dollars. It's very easy. of math. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You get you you start from a. A pool of, uh, let's say, there's not a lot of people who would who would sign up for a one way trip to Mars. I know because it's never happened. You only need four. Yeah. Okay. So you start with a pool of people. Yeah, but isn't Branson trying to get people to go to Mars? Or yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's the moon. He's doing right the, now. It's just uh, it's private just, space exploration. Oh, his okay. private. It doesn't even go to the moon. It's just, just go, go to, up in space. space. Right, right, look, right, this is space. Have a few drinks. Now we're going right back down. Sign me up for that shit. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm talking about. Happy hour in space, yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about, uh, by the way, he's <laughs> but that. whatever. What I'm saying is, okay, you take 300 people and you say, listen, you might come back, but there's a very, uh, Vegas odds, people? if you were betting in Vegas, you would lose on your coming back. So I need people who are going to Mars and will never, ever come back. Now you've That's out of the, out of the planet. You've narrowed the pool considerably to maybe maybe three hundred people. So that's like who are ready to go to Mars <laughs> on a one way trip. Oh, and the and and frankly, those people would be <laughs> extremely scientifically minded. Well, you got to like, no, they wouldn't. Well, they you got to those not people listening. that you're talking about could make for a decent reality TV show. But they I would know, not be scientifically uh, uh, minded. Uh, uh, here's I mean, what I'm talking no, about. Because here's what I'm thinking. It would be half the cast. The, the only world. people who give a right. shit. I mean, no, no, no. I don't think they would sacrifice their lives. It'd be pretty sad. It would be very depressing. Get all right, all right. We're going comedy. I'm going realistically. We're going talking, realistically. You're, you're going, going fucking comedy. <laughs> I'm talking realistically. When you when you hear about scientists that are studying stuff out in the universe that's like 20 billion light years away and more, and you go to yourself and you think, why are you doing this? Because first off, you're not going to ever get an answer in your lifetime to the research that you're doing. And secondly, who cares? Let's say you find out the answer that you were looking for 20 billion years away. Uh, it doesn't matter. So you're oh, going to find people. You're going to find people that are willing to sacrifice their matter. fucking very lives to tell you a firsthand account of what it's like to step on Mars, which is not the Kardashians because they need to sit over here with their with their chihuahuas and their 20 million dollar mansions and whatever have you. OK, you whatever. My point is you're going to the, the the pool will be very small considerably out of the human race there's a very small pool of people that are like yeah i'll take a one-way trip to mars cool you wouldn't want half of those people i'm not saying you would that's why you take the people who sign up for that shit and you fucking run them through tests and it wouldn't take long to fucking pick out the people who should not go to mars so you're saying that you're looking for stable people that want to take a death trip to mars and that makes the show interesting Yes, and moreover, gonna, and, moreover and moreover, <laughs> and moreover, and moreover, no producers, and you, and sir, more, are no producers. It would not take you ten I mean, years. You're talking about like a it, guy with a wife and kids who's an investment no, banker, no, 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 trying to send them to are Mars. We gonna, are we going to get Carl Rove to go to Mars versus the people like living in Finland in the dark that are just listening to Metallica, drinking your Shvedka over here, just That's waiting fine. for it all to be over? Look, I'm saying that those people that would go to Mars on a one-way trip, I like that idea, are not going to. But Let's get the speck of robots to go. <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah. need you don't need ten years to vet the few people no. who would agree to this. I can do it about you do not. eight or nine hours. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. 
And who gives a sh- Let's say they're fucking idiots. Who gives a shit? The point is we got fucking... I think fucking- science would care. Oh, I, I, science I, I, would be a little bit... Science no. might give a shit. You say that, but the point of the fact of the matter is you get these fucking humans to Mars, and when they get to Mars, I don't, I know that you... Wait a need- minute. Hold on! God damn it! <laughs> I know, Teddy, that you have zero hope for the human race, but what I'm telling you as, as a person who does, I'm telling you that I don't care how stupid you might think the average person is and how misguided that line of thinking might be if you get four people on the planet earth to the planet mars with any kind of mission in mind (laughs) they will land on that other planet and be a hundred thousand times smarter than they are today because they're going literally the entirety of all humanity throughout all of history has never been on this fucking speck of dust that i stand on now and i will do everything within my power to make this last because guess what I'm not going back. You I are. probably will never go back. And my only hope for going back is doing this mission right. And I propose that probably they do a decent job. I don't give a fuck who the fuck you sent on there. Yeah. All you need to do is make sure these four people get along. That is not going to be borne out by reality. And we are. Well, that is not it. Uh, Wait, sir. On this you, note, we you disagree. Are, you are unqualified to make that distinction. Listen, I have seen... Everybody on this side of the table knows something I'm about putting curious. together a Mars reality show. Right, but also, okay, wait, <laughs> these are the Dutch we're talking about? Yeah. No, I'm not, no. So is this God six damn million it. dollars it is the, the Dutch, of the Dutch, shut up. Of the Dutch's money? What money no. they got? This is, yeah, uh, do yeah, the yeah, Dutch hey, have six you, billion dollars A to spend? And B, when you people are get to Mars, the what exactly point have what to I do? Said. Collect some fucking Let rocks? Him, Let them know, Eric. No, I'm just saying, Let I'm just saying. Spit that truth, son. I mean, if you're getting these people together, you're saying they do a damn good job when they get to Mars doing what? Dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's fine. That's fine. But, but putting the MTV flag in the wait, 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 wait. That's fine. But here's my point. Here's my point. My point is that there are many, many. I want my MTV on Mars. There are many, many people. There are many stories throughout a, a long period of time of people uh, <laughs> trying to get to Mars put- and not. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm merely saying there are many people throughout time (laughs) face-to-face with what seems like insurmountable odds and exceeding them despite the fact that in their history as a human, they've never done anything. But then when faced with insurmountable (laughs) odds, rise to the challenge. And I suspect... And their folks is the plot of Armageddon. And I suspect, (laughs) yes, and I suspect that if you took any four people and put them on Mars, they would exceed the expectations that you have lowered for the human race. Because they're so low, bro! That's like Sarah Palin's expectations. That's because you have no hope for humanity because you think you're qualified to make the distinction on other people's intelligence, which you, Eric, and myself are not qualified to I'm, make. I'm qualified enough to know, bro, that a fucking expedition to Mars is doomed to fail and they're a set of standards, bro. Especially if it's done by a bunch of reality producers. We are producers 15 minutes over time. Okay. I appreciate this Fair. conversation. I Eric. vehemently disagree with both of you. Eric, Everybody disagrees. let's let's plug some shit for you. Where and, can the people find Eric and Garth? Where, 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 you got a Twitter, you got a Facebook, what uh, you got? What I you guess got? I, 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 unfortunately, I hate to admit, but I do have a Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. Um, Get on that Twitter. But yeah, I don't, I don't really Tweet have anything, them shits. I don't really have anything to say on Twitter, and I don't really, uh, I'm kind of scared to go on Twitter because what if only five or six people follow me? Then I'll follow you. We got yeah, you got you two right here. Thing. You we'll got, tell you people. Got and, and, and then I, yeah, and then I then I feel like I got to check in and say 
I maybe I should though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, while yeah. you're well, making the you movie. Because the thing yeah, is, right. if, if, if the last time that you entered the cultural lexicon was with bottoms up, and then before that, salute your shorts, which, by the way, um, but which I've is going to give you I've a huge been, platform. Right. I've been hiding since far <laughs> I know. In the but bushes. You, yeah. That's the problem. See, yeah, if you, no, if you pop up now, then yeah, you can be like, hey, motherfuckers. Here yeah, I am, yeah, bottoms here I am up. On Twitter. Still standing, bitches. Yeah, I'm right here on Twitter, yo. Check me out. Hey, yeah. I'm telling you. That you should yeah, be a lot profile. of people have second lives on them Twitters. So, oh, yeah, Jesus. you tweet while you're making the movie. I'm just falling victim to the system. You say that. When I tweet when yeah, I make the movie. You. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it'd be oh, good. Yeah. It's a good idea. But no, but no, no, it's a good idea. Any, 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 it's all serious. Get on Twitter. Anything. You, any, <laughs> <laughs> tweet them. Yo, uh, yo, but in all serious, you need to tweets. Yeah. Uh, any, any projects, anything you want to. No, that's it. That's it. I hopefully. Uh, just a man doing work. Just a man doing work. Hopefully, I'll have a movie that, uh, you know, everybody will be. Uh, I and if you need help seeing in sometime 2013, 2013, is, fuck yeah, you, Mayans. Sometime this year, yeah. If we make it, God damn it, we're gonna make it. You fucking this guy doesn't believe in humanity or the Earth. So, but yeah, that's all. That's <laughs> we're all gonna make it in 2013. I, I believe in you. That in the uh, and if you need help Dutch, whittling down who goes Dutch to Mars, we're titled Dutch right Mars Project. <laughs> Let us sit on that. It's I'm, gonna I'm go down. on your IMDb yeah. as of tomorrow. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If anything, it's short film worthy. Eric was putting three billion behind this Dutch project. Yeah, I stumbled upon three billion dollars, and I'm gonna send some people to Mars. It was good, whether they like it or not. I got a hot hand in the game of dice. The mansion. I'm putting a few people. Kardashians. We could. I mean, that's. Yeah. The problem is you never want to watch them. You'd be like, ugh. Well, then, I'm, just, I'm glad they're going, they're going to Mars. To Mars. I, I, I'm going to say this. Maybe I'm this like, whole project is a failure. But... healthy contingent of people who might want to watch them die in slow motion every day. That's well, true. The problem is that like, if you if you do a project where all the money is in getting the thing off the ground, like once it leaves the atmosphere, nobody ever has to watch again because it's like, whatever. Like hey, all that listen, money is I mean, lost. Everybody I, loves I, I, space, it, baby. I honestly think it's a better use of taxpayers' dollars than putting people like you know in prison forever. We could just put them in really? like a, you know in something and just launch them up in the sky. And if you're on death row, go to send Mars. all the she pedophiles to Mars. Yeah. 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 How hard so, could it be to put people in a people pod and throw them out of Mars? <laughs> like, hey, you're going to die on death row. We can do heat tests on them. Yeah, you know? I know. I'm with you. <laughs> this is what shit. I was saying from the get-go. This is why suicide is selfish. Oh, if you're going to put people in death row, launch them into space. It's all, it's all new forms of Like, maybe, yeah. they're, maybe they're they're hardened criminals and they'll do no good for society, but maybe they bring I mean, back some good shit that's for how Mars. They, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it's worth a shot. It, it couldn't hurt. But, uh... Yeah, no. Did uh, you have a good time tonight with all I this had a yelling blast, and screaming? You guys. Thank you for yeah. the beers and uh, and the entertainment. And yeah. The, you know, and when you when you're done with the movie, come back on. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We we'll would love have to have chat. you back anytime. Yeah. Let us know whenever you're uh, whenever you're doing the damn thing. Oh yeah, man. You always got a chair yeah. available. You can bring all the people. We got it. It was a, yeah, it was a blast. Bring Paul uh, Walker next time. And I will yeah, always no, always. I'll try and push some people your guys' way. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. It's a it's a fun show. Bring us some donkey lips and a redhead. Yeah, yeah. Bring better better than we could ever expect it. Yeah, it was. Uh, did you did you feel comfortable? Oh yeah, you seemed man. a little nervous beforehand that you weren't a comedian or some shit. I said you'd do fine. You yeah. did fine. Uh, you feel Heineken good now. Did, a couple Heinekens get the job done. Always does. <laughs> Always <laughs> does. Yeah, no, it was great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you for coming by, uh, Teddy. What you got coming up? Oh, uh, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Mm, yeah, shit. You know, just uh, mm. a hardworking oh. poor black man trying to make an education <laughs> in this world. Uh, holler at your boy, uh, July first, uh, improv. Uh, doing the men's club, my man Justin Ruppel, TK, everybody holding it down. Uh, so that's what I'm in right now, bitches. 
fabulous. And we sweets. and you and I are doing a show next month at the, it's a at comedy con carne with Jose. You don't put Chavez. a roll on it. Can you roll your it's own? Comedy con carne. There you go. There it there is. Go. Flappers go. Comedy Club, 10 p.m. The last comedy con carne for quite a going while. out. Literally, there's only one person on that show that hasn't been on Straight Riffin. So yeah. uh, it's like a Straight Riffin yeah. reunion. We're doing it. So awesome. Flappers, <laughs> get your tickets. Comedy con carne. Uh, tomorrow night I'm doing a show at the Palms here in Hollywood, not in Vegas, unfortunately. Should not have said yes to that gig prior to this, but whatever. It's the <laughs> Palms Club in Hollywood. And uh, you show up, you can buy some tomatoes to throw at my fucking drunk ass while I talk about my dick. He will be uh, drunk. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to need to deaden the pain of people coming to throw tomatoes at me. The Dell guy I heard is going to be in attendance. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> Good, because it's a gay club, so it's perfect. Uh, come on out. <laughs> throw some tomatoes oh, for charity. You buy tomatoes for charity, and you can throw them at me, and I will pee on you afterwards. And maybe I uh, might even fuck your mouth and your mother. <laughs> Rifopolis. Jesus. Thank you for having us again. <laughs> Good night, bitches. <laughs> The Straight Riffin. You can catch all past and future episodes of Straight Riffin on the official website riffin.net. R I F F I N.net. Keep in mind, we do air live every Monday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. That's 10 p.m. to midnight for you East Coasters. You can actually watch that right on Facebook on our fan page, facebook.com slash straight riffin. Like us, check out the Ustream page. You can even chat while we're doing the show. That's how we interact with the fans. We thank you so much for listening. Check out Riffin.net. Buy my album. Buy Teddy's album. We'll catch you again next time. And rip the fuck on, bitches.